welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. As always, you guys can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play. Um, you can also check us out on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. And you can also follow me on Twitch at the same name which i will probably be on today well by the time you guys hear this i'll be off already but you know you can go watch clips i put up highlights all that good stuff but anywho um normally this is the part where i say as always i'm joined with my co-host antaku um but he is absent today um he is not present in the classroom uh he's in disneyland disney world he's somewhere doing something related to disney um He's on the streaming service, I guess. I, I don't know. He's, he's somewhere over there. He's doing fun things, I would hope. But to fill in his place, uh, resident dojo roommate, we let him sleep on the couch. He raised the fridge, and we just kind of don't care. You know, at, at this point, you know, you, you guys know him. If you don't, Joey from the Sports Sound Off. How's it going today, sir? Really good until you compared me to like a parasite. Now, now we're not doing. Now we're not doing something. Uh, no, I'm fine. Happy Easter. If you're listening, uh, it's not Easter when you hear this, but it is Easter as of this moment. So I guess Happy Easter, uh, Happy Sunday. If you don't celebrate, uh, I am the interim anti-cool for today. He is out uh, apparently doing fun stuff. I was ho- I'm hoping he's doing some uh, some scouting for the barbecue fight league. From from what I've heard, he's at an area where barbecue is quite prominent. Hey. So uh, perhaps the original barbecue fight league area. So <laughs> if you think about it, so here's hoping he's doing some scouting. He's gonna come back with some names, maybe get some contracts signed. Uh, but yeah, I'll be taking his place. Scouting for the barbecue fight league is weird because like you have to just look out for dad bots. <laughs> I think what you got to do is you got to walk around, and if you smell barbecue, you have to go across the street and then kind of check the place out from a safe distance. And you look for like the biggest guy, and then you're like, "That's the barbecue fight league guy I'm gonna go for." Is he big? Is he wearing Crocs? And um, <laughs> <laughs> is he wearing like khaki shorts? Is everybody walking away from him when he's trying to talk to them? Right. If so, that's <laughs> yeah. There you go. So. <laughs> That that's everybody's job on this podcast. If you happen to just not be here, you just you just gotta scout out and about. You have to contribute in some form or fashion. Yeah, because barbecue fight league by twenty twenty five, it's gonna be a real thing. Damn straight, I'm with it. Probably get shut down after the first event, but that's not the point. <laughs> oh, I didn't mention this is episode one thirty one. Oh, there we go. Of course, gotta get yeah. the episode number. Well, I mean, look, if you could do bare knuckle fighting, why can't you do barbecue <sighs> fighting? Ah, oh, bare knuckle. <laughs> just saying if you can do if you can do that you should be able to fight in a, a in your front yard wearing like the kiss the cook uh the kiss the cook apron and i don't think crocs should be a part of the barbecue fight league outfit 
Kobe. Nah, it'll, it'll be, uh, you know, when you win, I guess it's like if you become like the champion, you get a golden grill, um, you win the other person's family because yeah. we agreed that that was a thing. Yeah, you have to, you have to claim your, your, you have to claim the other person's family. It's like Mortal Kombat, you know, you claim the, <laughs> you claim the family. There you go. And then you get a nice, whatever the newest Crocs are at the time, <laughs> um, you, you get the latest edition of the Crocs in whatever color. Um, that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet a dude like Tim Boach would be really cool with that. Like, you get the Crocs and you got to get the other person's dog. If I feel it like, like he was the inspiration for us even bringing that up. I feel like he was like the first prototype barbecue fight league guy we thought of. He's a middleweight, and that's the barbecue fight league division. Yeah. So. And he just looks like the toughest dad at the barbecue fight. He looks like the dude who absolutely wants you to see something funny he saw on Facebook. For sure. <laughs> like, you know, the guy who's like, hey, come here, I want to show you something. But you never want to go near him. <laughs> Tim Boach seems like a nice guy. But, but you know, you know there, there, there's a type. We have a type for the Barbecue Fight League, and yeah. I think he fits into that. So if you hear this, Tim Boach. You're retired now, or you know, I think you're retired. I can't, I can't remember. But if you're, if you're free, man, we got a, we got a spot for yeah. you. Come back for one more, possibly yeah. two. You got to win and defend. You got to win and defend. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a two fight contract. Yeah, two fight contract. Uh, we'll, we'll give you we'll... all the pay per view points. Right. You'll <laughs> be the only fighter that anybody knows <laughs> on that entire card. I'm trying to think of who else just seems to fight in random locations that we can get. Travis Fulton. I guess we can get. Uh, trying to think of i can't remember anybody else he'll find somebody oh yeah the, the ufc cuts guys like every day well we'll get a dude off the scrap heap just stay on twitter and tag him i uh, see so you just got cut there that's a shame yeah, we're, just, <laughs> we're just scoping <laughs> we're competing with bellator all we have to offer is like we got ribs right ribs and crocs ribs and, and crocs a, and, and another golden, person's wife if you right. want and a golden grill beautiful <laughs> Beautiful. Oh man! And if and if like if it's a tournament, you could win a Ford F one fifty. So now you're now That's you're feeling, yes. but it's used. <laughs> <laughs> we just can't confirm the mileage. Oh man, we've put so much thought in detail. <laughs> I'm just saying, I can already see the posters being made. This has to be real. As if I ever become rich in any capacity, like even if I'm just like a. Even if I just could make like one million dollars, I never make it past like that. I'm making a barbecue fight league. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like a Mortal Kombat where like Tim Boach is the Goro, and if you beat him, you get the Ford F-150. <laughs> just a string of random dudes from like from local McDojos showing up. Do we even have ring girls? <laughs> uh, yeah, we can get some. The wives. I'm mm. trying to. Th- no, they've got to. We got to be. We got to be progressive. Because Anacol, he's a progressive kind of guy. He would not like. We gotta have ring guys too. So I mean, you are fighting for a family, so it's a good point. Ring guys. I'm trying to think of who would fit the ring guys. Uh, who would fit the ring guys moniker? I'm trying to think. I, I like I I I, I who <laughs> who can we get? I don't know. It's got to be another. Is it gonna be another dad person? I don't know, like I don't I don't know if that would excite I feel like the ring people should be like a part of the family that you're about to win. <laughs> like, yeah. I, oh man, oh jeez. I'm trying to like think of, I'm trying to think of somebody who uh somebody who makes some sense, who like do anything, who you see like all over the place. 
Dennis Bermudez. Dennis Bermudez seems like he would be cool with that, like, kind of role. He's free. He's not doing anything. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll hash out details. I'll, I'll drop a business plan. I feel like we've got some serious, like, and listen, let's be fair. Everything is on, we're going to talk about this later. Everything's on a streaming service now. There's a streaming service out there that would jump on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If Bear like, Knuckles like, can like, take the, off, the, the barbecue oh, fight yeah. league is definitely, definitely going to take off. I was going to say Artem Lobov, but I think his arms are too short to hold up the <laughs> round cards. Well, no, nah, he, he's about to be the, the bare knuckle god, so he's, I think he found his own. Uh, he, he, he found where he belongs. But, um, yeah, so that was our barbecue fight league spiel. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to. I don't want to put any spoilers out there, but that may be more entertaining than anything that happened on either of these cards. We're going to start talking about. So, uh, yeah, you know, which were not bad shows. So, they were. Yeah, they were. They were decent. So, um, before we uh get into fights, uh, probably talk a little Ryzen, little little Crawford Khan, and then of course we'll get to Overeem and Olenek and all of those happenings. Uh, but before we get to that. Uh, just gonna go through some fight announcements and news. Um, new, news was pretty. Uh, there's not a lot going on this week, but like the news that did happen was just kind of like out there, just really out there. But we'll do, start with fight announcements first. I'll just kind of run through these, and then we'll we'll get to the news stories. Um, so not not a really a, a ton of fight announcements. I almost feel like I'm missing something, which could be possibly true. But uh, running from the top, from the notes that I have. Uh, Charles Oliveira and Nick Lentz, for whatever reason, are going to fight for the third, third time, time at, UFC, yeah. <laughs> at UFC Rochester. Not sure who asked for this, um, but, you know, whatever. It, it's a thing. Um, Angela Hill will be stepping in for, um, I want to say it was um, Jessica Penny, right? I want to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, she'll be fighting Jody Escabel at UFC Fort Lauderdale. Um Deron Wynn, who, if you guys don't remember, was on, God, was not Was he on the Tito Chuck? Yeah, right? Golden Boy MMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's Cormier's homeboy. He'll uh, be making his UFC debut at UFC Greenville against Marcus Perez. Also on that card, uh, we'll get to see Molly McCann versus Arian Litsky. Um, that's actually all I have for UFC fight announcements, pretty much. Um, moving on to Bellator, uh, Taiwan Claxton versus James Bennett will be at Bellator 221. Uh, Pedro Carvalho will be stepping in for Ryan Scope. Uh, he'll be fighting Derek Campos at Bellator Birmingham. And at Bellator London, Melvin Monhoof, still out here somehow. He'll be fighting Kent Cole Pippen. Pippen. I probably butchered that. Kopinen, I think his name is. There we go. <laughs> I was going to say the Swedish guy, but I don't, I don't know if he's Swedish. Uh-oh. Yeah. So that'll be going down at Bellator hmm. London. And in signing news, uh, Bellator signed former Strikeforce fighter Bobby Volker and former UFC slash Invicta vet Leslie Smith. Uh, so that'll be a thing. Um, Nick Newell, he will be fighting in CES MMA against Calvin Hackney. And for all of you bare knuckle fans, all of you, you savages out there, <laughs> the, the fight that I guess everybody wanted this is like the, um, I don't know, this is the um, the Ali Frazier of bare knuckle. Uh, you I hear guess. me? <laughs> Hello? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I accidentally hit the mute button. Of course oh. I did. 
Yeah, you, you muted it on this fight. <laughs> no, I, I, I like leaned over to grab something to look up the the nationality of this fella who's going to be fighting Melvin Manhoof, and I bonked it. So, <laughs> yeah, hot, hot bare, start. Bare, bare Knuckle FC, New Hampshire. Autumn Lobov versus Polly Malinagi. Um, I don't know. I guess people are really hyped for this. I uh, most likely not be in attendance. I will not be watching. I will not be streaming. I don't know, but bare knuckle just isn't it isn't my thing, but I'm glad you guys are happy. Um I hope you get all that you deserve. I don't really know what that is, but I hope <laughs> you get it. <laughs> I hope you get it. He's from London, so he's like, Yeah, like about that, like about this bare knuckle. Like not bare knuckle FC, but so much this fight. Like what is this even comparable to? Is this like when Bellator got Kimbo for like that very short period of time? Because realistically, like, if you were doing a bare knuckle, like, this is the only fight that's going to make any sort of, like, financial leeway, I guess. I don't know. Do they they ever put out their numbers for, like... They don't, but, like, you know, Anacol and I kind of go back on this every once in a while, who is, you know, he's absent from class today. Uh, He he got a note. But, um, like, they do really big social media metrics. But, like, again, I'm always the belief that that doesn't mean anything unless it translates to financial gains. So I, like, I don't know what it is. Because, like, <clears throat> it's easy to get people to, uh... I coughed right into the mic. Perfect. It's easy to get people to tune in on, like, YouTube. But can you get them to pay for it? So, like, how do you get people to pay for this unless you're going to try to convince them that Conor McGregor is going to somehow get out of his UFC contract right. <laughs> to fight Pauli Malinaji if he wins in bare knuckle and not boxing. Like, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I mean, I mentioned this on last week's episode. Um, I had read a little blurb from uh, Jason Knight, because he made an event in the last card they had, and he, he's claimed that he made, um, well, really, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know how much this really means, but he said that he made more in that uh, headliner than he did and his last UFC fight, but then I had to think back to his last UFC fight, <laughs> and I was like, uh, well, it's probably this. I mean, well, well, it's possible, like, Tito and Chuck got paid big, but that card didn't make any money. I don't think we're ever going to see another Golden Boy MMA event. No, we, we definitely should not. So, you know, it's like, and hey, look, if guys are getting paid, they need to get paid. If they're not in the UFC, they need to make some money. Like, I'm, I'm totally with that. Uh, I don't like bare knuckle FC. I think it's a little too, like, I guess it's a little too much for me. Um, but then again, like the night fights is too much for me. So maybe I'm just a sensitive guy. Uh, no, I'm just a hypocrite. Perhaps. Well, we're all <laughs> hypocrites here. We're all hypocrites. I, I, I hope they're getting paid though. Like as much as I'm not really a fan and I'm probably like never, I, I went out of my way to watch one event and that was just enough for me. And I just <laughs> went back. But, um, I mean, I hope they're getting paid because I'm, I'm not trying to get punched in the face of bare knuckle. And then my check comes up missing. Or money comes up short and briefcases are gone. I don't. You know. I mean, we've already had that with the, um, the one that had Lieben against Baroni and yeah. <laughs> Hendricks because like Chris Lieben, I think he's suing the guy who's I might be going to jail, for a million other things. So um, you know, like if guys get paid, guys get paid. I'm happy for that. Like I'm happy that these guys have a place to work. I don't know if I trust all the the numbers that claim that this is a big deal. Because, again, like, I'm not seeing any of it. But, um, you know, if, it, if it's successful for them, I do hope that they keep doing them. Yeah. 
I mean, they they do seem to have a pretty dedicated fan base, so maybe it'll just be this little niche, little dirty underground secret. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, a great way to put it. But I mean, hey, yeah, like you said, if if people are getting paid, I'm not against anybody making money. It's legal, even if I don't like it. It is what it is. And le- and let's be honest, like there are probably fighters who really, really, really do need something to do besides like. There are fighters who absolutely, as we're learning, like need to be in the gym 24-7 doing something. All right. Because if they don't, it leads to them stealing taxis. Stealing taxis or <laughs> threatening dudes with machetes. <laughs> so. Oh, ah, I didn't write that down either. So, <laughs> allegedly <laughs> threatening dudes with machetes. Oh, no, he definitely did it. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. I can just picture it in my head. I'm trying not to picture it in my head. Oh, man. But I'm just Actually, saying, like, clearly, like, there are some guys who are not prepared for life outside of not competing. So whatever keeps them in competition, I guess, is fine. I'll say real quick before we uh, we move on. Cause I, I, this was something I meant to bring up last episode, and I completely spaced out and just didn't didn't mention it, like, at all. Did you see the, the tweet from... Uh, God, what's was one the one the one championship announcer, uh, Chavello, right? Oh, Chavello with the eight hundred and fifty three million people watching. Uh... You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said it was, it was four. It was like forty one or forty four or something. Something in that ballpark of people that watched the um. I think that was the new era card. Yeah, it's something like that, which is possible, certainly possible. But I think in the states it only did like a hundred and twenty seven thousand people. So yeah, it's. I mean, look, it's possible. Like, cause, cause just China's so big, like. The, those tough Chinas used to do like nine million viewers, and that, like that sounds like a lot of people. And then you're like, well, really not. not. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. When he first tweeted it, I was like, oh no, this you're lying. <laughs> fun with you're, numbers. It's a little fun with numbers. Yeah, but then it's I like thought worldwide. about it. Yeah, but it was like Asia is actually really huge. Yeah. Like, so you could you could theoretically get forty one mil, but then on the scope of things, if I compare forty one mil to like the amount of people. In Asia, let me, let me see if I can find the, the population. Of, Jesus Christ. All right, I mean, this is wiki, so, you know, may, maybe give or take some numbers here or there. But, uh, well, th- this was as of 2016, but I'd imagine this number hasn't changed too much since then. Uh, 4.463 billion people in Asia. Yeah, there's more people in Asia than there were dollars paid for the UFC. Like, it, there are a lot of people there. Yeah. And so, so it's certainly possible that you could turn that kind of number. It's just a matter of, like, what does that even mean contextually? Yeah, what does that actually translate into? Right. Because um, I don't think TNT cares how many people you're drawing in Asia. They're paying for you to fill a time slot. like Yeah, at, like, 3 in the morning. Yeah, or, or, or like, <laughs> the 9 o'clock replays they do that do, like, a... I'm curious. Who do you think is going to, like, draw more... Realistically draw more ratings, quote-unquote. These one cards on TNT or the ESPN to PFL shows? It's the PFL, uh, I believe, and the ESPN too, because of the placement. Like nobody, yeah, <laughs> nobody's watching. Yeah, you're, you're not watching one at. I'm. I love one, and I'm not watching one at three in the morning. Yeah, because like you know, no disrespect to one, no disrespect to one at all. Like what they've managed to do with 2018 and 2019 is pretty big. But like, Mighty Mouse and Eddie Alvarez were not big draws in the UFC at like 10 o'clock at night. So are like there's no translation to like okay you're gonna you were a draw in the UFC you were not a draw in the UFC at ten, but now you're gonna be able to draw people at five fifty five in the morning on TNT like there's no way, right. 
if there was equal time slots, I think one would absolutely smelter the PFL because it has the bigger names. But like, how do you get there? Yeah. That's crazy that like they, I mean, I don't know. They probably got, I would hope they got paid decent, but there's no way I'm signing a deal with a network and they're like, oh yeah, we, we got you with the prime time, 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be on right around the same time as the squatty potty, buddy. Right. That's your lead in the squatty potty and uh, I'm trying to think of other, the, the, the uh, Billy Mays is dead, so he's not doing any, any infomercials. Jesus. You and, um. What's what's the new Billy Mays guy? There's a new Billy Mays. Uh, the, the Anthony Sullivan is that his name? I have no idea. Look, at <laughs> somebody doesn't watch enough 3 a.m. They're watching Toonami at 3 a.m. They're not I'm, watching any commercials. I'm old and washed. I'm I'm asleep by like 10. <laughs> uh, that's tough, man. No wonder you guys are done like by the third fight of the UFC main card. Oh yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I'm out. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm 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 super washed. <laughs> I'm not, but, I'm not uh, staying up to watch. Uh, Trying to remember what like the last bad main event was. I'm not staying up to watch Wonder Boy against Showtime. Mm, yeah, catch you in the morning, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know you're getting old. That's when the that's when your days are gone. Yeah, yes. I've just learned to accept it. I'm I'm hitting thirty next month, and I've mentioned it's not uh it's not gonna get any better. I'm just start going to sleep earlier and earlier. You're getting in that barbecue fight league age range. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm trying to erase the dad bod, though. I'm trying to get rid of that. There we go. Everybody, everybody's working on it. Summer's coming. We all want to look like Yoel Romero on the beach. Yeah, we, we can only hope. We can, we can only hope. I would settle for a Linux body at this point. Galaxy <laughs> <laughs> Linux uh, granddad bod. Oh, man. But uh, before we get to fights. Let's let's get to some news stories. There there was some uh some doozies. Yeah, I don't even really know where to start. Do we want to? You know what? Let's let's get the the one that was like. Are they're all kind of bad, but like this one was like actually like serious. Right, let's I know what the, you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, let's let's do the serious one first, and then we can laugh and make jokes. Because um, the rest of these stories are just like what. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, um. If you guys didn't hear, uh, I guess this took place over the weekend, but former UFC fighter Angela, uh, is it Mayana or Magana? Mag- I don't know how Magana? Let's go, yeah, Magana. I like how that sounds. Angela Magana. Um, former UFC strawweight, uh, I think she now fights in Combates Americas, I want to say, could be wrong, but I know she still fights somewhere, but anywho, um, she actually ended up going into a coma that lasted for two days. Um, I'm probably going to butcher this, but she had to undergo an emergency surgery to treat something called cauda equina syndrome, whatever that is. It's a neurological disorder that affects the spinal cord. She was in uh, Puerto Rico, I guess, when this happened. And I think the coma was the result of the anesthesia that she took. Um, So this, you know. She got the anesthesia, and then she proceeded to be in a coma for two days. Um, but the last I've heard, uh, this was written uh, as of yesterday. Uh, so this was written on 420, the article that I'm reading now. Um, but she released a statement, so she actually did wake back up from the coma. Um, obviously not anywhere close to 100%, but like she's you know she's functional, uh, you know awake, can speak, all that good stuff. Um, 
but yeah, she just kind of reassured people like she's she's doing okay. She just obviously woke up from a coma. Like she's really, 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 really tired. Um, but yeah, she she just pretty much said it was uh, the the surgery was actually fine. Uh, it was just a result of the anesthesia that just kind of literally put her in a coma for two days. Um, but it looks like she's she's doing okay. So that was kind of a just a wild story because. I feel like when I hear people slip into a coma, it never really ends good. Right. So, good good to see that she she pulled back from it. And, and just a quick note, I would have saved this for a parting shot, but since we're already on the topic, um, I, I hate <laughs> I really hate when people do the thing of oh, so now all of a sudden we're Angela uh, Magana fans, and it's like listen, people, listen, listen. I get it. Like Angela was not the most <laughs> likable person. Um, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way but there's a difference between like i don't like your personality and like i want you to die because i don't want you to die like that's you know those those things are so far separate so people wishing her well even though like they didn't or don't really like like her as a person doesn't mean they're fans it's just like you know it's simple empathy like as much as i might not like you like i don't no, I don't want you to leave the earth. Like it's not that serious, right? You know? I, I you think didn't... no, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say that it's not that serious. It's not like you did. It's not like you know she was around here. Yeah, she said some some wild stuff. I, I don't remember half the things she said. I try to ignore, <laughs> to be honest. But it's not like she was out here like committing crimes or just doing some real heinous, you know, things like that. You know, so I'm, I'm not wishing death on anybody. I, I would never want somebody to especially like going out in a coma like that's just kind of you know you i don't want to see anybody go through that um so yeah people chill out with the whole like now we're fans thing it's like no we just we don't want to see somebody die because they passed away in a coma and now she has because i think she has like three kids so now you have three children who no longer have a mother because they're you know you you know you don't want to see that happen to anybody i think that yeah like that's more self-revealing about you as a person like if you if your first response when someone's in a medically induced coma is like, is anything but like empathy and thoughts and prayers, if you if you believe in thoughts and prayers like to their family or, you know, any anything but like a well wish to get better is like that's self revealing about you as a person, because ultimately at the end of the day, no matter what, even if she pissed you off with something she said, she's never physically done anything to you. Like she's, if she hurt your feelings, that's no reason for you to wish that she suffers a, a tragic demise. Because this would truly be a tragedy. Because um, I think everybody can relate to that fear of, like... At least I know I could when I had to go under for... Just to get my, my wisdom teeth pulled. Like, that was a fear. I, I was terrified. And so... For someone to actually go into a coma from anesthesia, like, that's, a, that's really scary. And I think that's a fear a lot of people can relate to. So if you're, like, that kind of dude who... If you're trying to score like social media points by not by showing how tough you are by not caring like that that says about you not about her, yeah you know so glad she pulled out of it that's great um just a horrifying story all around like because you think about how often people have to go under for like simple even simple stuff and it's pretty spooky now like it's it's scary to think about so glad to hear she's out of it and. May the road to recovery be be very very good to her. Yeah, I hope she doesn't like because I, I know she you know obviously still wants to fight, but you know hopefully you know 
take your time, take, man. Yeah, for real. Take your time. <laughs> like, don't, yeah, don't, 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 you know, don't rush back too quick, do anything crazy. Take your time. Definitely go, just go hug all your kids, you know, whenever she's able to to leave the hospital. But yeah, but glad that that story ended, uh, ended well, because it definitely could have went in another direction. Life is precious. It is. Um, now that we got the semi-sad story out of the way, let's get to some jokes. <laughs> these other stories we uh we have here um just very random headlines um let, let's start with darren till just because this, this thumbnail picture makes me laugh um you know last time we saw darren till uh not so good things happened to him um this time he's you know in the headlines again not not for anything fight related but uh Darren Till and uh, I would assume a, a group of friends, associates, whoever, whatever you want to call them. He he uh, he is European, so I believe that they refer to them as lads. Hmm. So a bunch of lads, I suppose. Yeah, they uh they went on a little adventure, um, stealing things that don't belong to them, <laughs> and wrecking things that did not belong to them. I believe that is how theft works. Yes, you take something yeah. that is not yours. <laughs> so. Apparently, Till and his lads uh, were at some. Uh... <laughs> I just want to. I couldn't. I was listening to disgust in your voice for having to say lads. I control myself. <laughs> mates? They, they were... Does mates work better? I like mates, yeah. Till wow. and his mates. It makes them sound so innocent, though. I don't know. But Till and his mates, I like that better. They were uh, in a lodging complex. I don't know where they were, actually. That doesn't matter. What they did is what matters. Um, so they were at this lodging complex, um, where they were, uh, reportedly, uh, were breaking furniture, and they emptied out fire extinguishers like a group of 16-year-olds, um, <laughs> but they also did, did a, a very, you know, just, it, it, this reminds me of something, like, that would have been in, like, super bad. So, apparently they were taking a taxi. Um, and while the taxi driver is loading their bags in the back, uh, I don't know if it was Till who did it or, you know, one of his mates, <laughs> so to speak. Now they're ma- Oh, yeah. Ma- the, the, we went with mates, right? We didn't yeah, go with lads. We were going with mates. But uh, one, one of them, uh, while, while this, this poor taxi driver who's probably, you know, just trying to have a normal day, he, he's in the back loading bags and they just go up front and they just take the taxi. Um, so that was the thing that happened. And then... Apparently, they tried to go to another hotel. I don't know if the other hotel got notified, but they were like, nope, you and your mates got to leave. <laughs> so they, they, didn't let them, uh, they didn't let them stay there. But it was just a really weird, just really weird story. Um, did he crash anywhere? Says he got into, took control of the vehicle, <sighs> drove to the area of La Caleta. I don't know where that is, but... Uh, I don't know if he crashed anywhere, but he stole something. Uh, they got arrested Thursday morning in the, in the wee hours of the morning. Um, and there were four other Brits who reportedly, uh, who have not been named, I guess, who were also with him. So that was a thing that happened. I, I don't think any serious punishment will come of this, but it was just a really, really random story. And then just the thumbnail is just Darren Till with this smile on his face. Like, <laughs> and the caption reads that he's been arrested, but <laughs> his picture is just him smiling like, yeah, it's fine. You know, it, it is what it is. And it's like, it's either like 
during a weight cut or shortly thereafter. So he's like kind of gaunt looking and it's, uh, yeah. the Canary Islands. Oh, according to this article, in the Canary Islands. They were all having, well, all right, they were having fun, man. They were on vacation, just, yeah, do, do, doing too much, though. But uh, that that was the story. Um, We also have BJ Penn in the headlines, who every time we hear his name as of late is, is never for anything good. This is no different. Um, You know, on top of a restraining order and, like, alleged sexual assault and just all of the other things that uh, he's apparently been involved in, um, you can add threatening farmers with machetes to that list. Um, so I'll just read this little little blurb here. A public records request revealed uh, Penn also is under an active police investigation after he allegedly threatened a tarot farmer with a machete in a dispute over trespassing. In January 2018, police released an all-points bulletin stating that Penn, 40, was wanted by police, well, ah, <laughs> wanted by police, Penn was accused of first-degree terroristic threatening, a Class C felony punishable by up to five years in prison, and a $10,000 fine. Um, so apparently the case remains active uh, because all parties involved have not been located or contacted, and it cannot be routed to the prosecutors until complete. All right, so I guess the farmers got ghosts. They got out of there. I don't. I was about to say you can't just check the farm. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe after the machete, they just... You know uh, what? To be fair, like, <laughs> if I was starting with the machete, I'd be out of there pretty quickly, too. Yeah, I'm probably not staying on my same farmland. We're, we're packing up. We're getting out of here. Um, so this was uh, a dispute over access to his property in, I'm probably going to say this wrong, Wapio Valley, a tarot farm and training facility that resides next to the alleged victim's own tarot farms. Um, but... Who's Levette? I don't know who Levette is. I started reading. Oh, okay. His attorney, Gary Levette, strenuously denied any violent behavior and said Penn hasn't been contacted by police. So, I guess allegedly this happened, but in my mind, it, it I, I feel like I could see this in my head. But we don't throw accusations here. This, this is how my mind works. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying he did it, but in my mind, I can picture, I can, I can picture a little, little BJ running around with a, with a machete being angry. But that's uh, allegedly a, a thing that happened. So, so just to like not to talk about the allegations, I don't think we can talk about those because like uh, they're allegations as of right now. So nobody's in charge. It's just this is something that's allegedly had happened. But like, on one hand, how can you let him fight with this? Just everything kind of going on. But on the other hand, now I'm kind of like, like how bad can this get if he gets pulled from this fight? Well, if he gets pulled, I will consider that a victory for all of us. No, no, no. Like, I, I, I totally... Look, there's no reason for this fight to happen, in my opinion. Like, there's just no point. But, like, I'm trying to think of, like, the response from, from everything we've heard over the past, like, three weeks. Like, how the response from this guy would be if he got yanked from, like, the one thing that he's always been, like, genuinely good at. So... You know, like, like structurally speaking, like if you take that one piece of structure out of it, like what's going to happen then? Yeah, then he might actually really get into some. That's that's like my you know that's like my yeah, concern now. The, yeah, the next headline might not be alleged. <laughs> I mean, you, you, we really do hate to like make a joke out of that, but like that that's like you have to at least consider it almost like a possibility. 
Just if all but, these, but like, not even if these are true, but like it sounds like a guy who's got a lot of chaos in his life right now, and like fighting is the one thing that's always kind of brought. Yeah, this might be. I mean, I mean, I mean we say this a lot, of, a lot about athletes in general, like, and it, it's kind of another reason why I've always been a big proponent just of sports in general and like kids participating in sports or just anybody who wants to get involved in sports. Like for some people, you know, it is like it's literally, you know, quote unquote, just a game. But there are other people who like sports is really their only this is the only thing that kind of is like holding them together, because outside of when they're if they're not training or not practicing or competing, like the rest of life isn't really going too well. So they kind of need this one little piece of structure to, you know, keep them on the path. So yeah, like this is this is the bridge. But yeah, it sucks because it's like he's, you know. I mean, obviously, we know BJ Penn is, what, 40 years old? Yeah. It's only, there's only, I mean, you can really argue now, he probably really shouldn't be fighting anymore, but there's only so much longer he's really going to be able to 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 hold this up. Um, so I, I don't know. I can't remember yeah. where I read it. I don't no. think he's won a fight in, like, nine years. I think it was the quote. Yeah, so. something like that. It's, it's been, uh, the last one was the... His last win, I think, was the fight I, I originally thought he should have retired on was when he came right, out. Right, 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 right. Walter Ray. Yeah. Yeah. Knocked him out. Yeah. Should have knocked him out and just coasted into the sunset. But, you know. It's, it's just like, uh, like, because you always think about that. Like, we all, because we all, whenever I'm on here, we talk about that afterlife, after the fight's over kind of post-life deal. And, like, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm concerned because, again, these are allegations and, like, I don't know the guy personally, but. These are serious kind of things getting thrown around with his name involved in it. And you got to wonder, like, what happens when he's not training for a fight? What happens when he's not, you know, when you're not UFC Hall of Famer BJ Penn, you're just, you know, a guy BJ Penn. All right. I mean, the the next fight for people who don't know, his fight against Guida, uh, Clay Guida, is on May 11th. I mean, let's just say, you know. There's a, there's a strong possibility that he might lose that fight. So now you're not fighting. You know, you might be coming off another yet another loss. So now you're just sitting home, you know, maybe possibly recovering from your fight. So you maybe can't train for a little bit. And now you just got all this trouble just kind of surrounding and, you. Not a, not a yeah, good... And, and, and you're sitting there thinking, like, I could have beat Clay Guida in my sleep, you know, three no. years ago, four years ago, five years ago. It's worrisome. It's a little worrisome for me. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, B- B- BJ's got a lot, got a lot going on. Because um, <laughs> one can hope that the the headlines just don't, just don't get worried. Like that, that's just a troubling sign. Where just every time we see your name, like even if you didn't do any of these things, just I feel like just the fact that your name is just every time we hear about you is never really anything good, right. is not a good sign. Right, like, it, 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 it just good. just the fact that, like, I, people should not have to worry about you, like, if they see your name pop up, like, it's going to be another spiral into another, right. you know, and, because and, some of these other stories are, ge- like, genuinely pretty funny, like, the Darren Till story is hilariously stupid, it's just really dumb, and the Dan Ige story is hilariously stupid and really dumb, but this one's a little concerning, because I, like, when these start piling up, you do get a little worried. And not that, look, if BJ Penn did whatever he's been alleged of doing, he's far from deserving of sympathy. You know what I mean? Like, 
if any of the allegations are true about the relationship with his wife or threatening dudes over farmland with machetes, which is amazingly, like, I can't even believe that. Like, if any of these are true, then he's not deserving of sympathy. But in general, these are still allegations, and you just kind of like, what happens next? Because at some point, because they could pull him from the fight, like, today. And I would be worried about his response to that. I mean, to me, it, it seems like he'll probably be okay because they said the, these other people haven't even been located. Right. So he might make it, you know, to the fight. But after that, who knows? Yeah, who who knows what we'll see next? But you know, we'll we'll keep an eye on BJ. He's got he's he's got a lot going on. But on to the most bizarre story <laughs> that I've seen in a very very long time. Either the um, best lie or the truly like one of the weirdest stories I've ever heard. Yeah, so for, for those of you who haven't heard, you, UFC featherweight Dan Ige, um, you know, obviously a fighter, which means, you know, you have to get tested by USADA, and if you guys don't know how that works, basically you, USADA just kind of comes to your house at any point in time, show up, knock, knock, hey, piss in this cup, whatever, whatever they do to <laughs> test, you know, whatever they do, I don't know, show I don't up, know what knock, it is, knock, but... piss in this cup, they just hand you the cup, that's what you like. Right. <laughs> There's no formal greeting. Like you just you just know what's happening. But um so I guess you know Danny Gay is, you know, home, chilling, relaxed. Gets gets a knock on the door. And I wanna say this happened at a very obscure time. Five, five thirty, so, six thirty. Early. Yeah. So in in Ige's mind, and I guess I kinda get his his train of thought. I mean, I, I would imagine, you know, Ige's been fighting for a decent amount of time. He's probably been tested a number of times. So you kind of just, you kind of know what the deal is. Like, the, you saw it just kind of pops up and, you know, like, all right, I got to do this annoying test real quick. So he gets to knock at the door and he's like, all right, you know, these are probably just Rishada people, whatever. They take a blood sample. All right, whatever. <laughs> they leave. Somehow he comes to the conclusion like, oh, these weren't people from USADA. Some random person just came and just, like, got my blood and just kind of made off with it. <laughs> Some like, vampires at 5.30 a.m. Right. <laughs> like, they, they just, you know, they just took my blood and just ran. Um, and he was on he was on Twitter, like, really, you know, freaking out. Like, oh, man, I'm going to get cloned. Like, <laughs> who are these people who just came up to my door and stole my blood and just kind of just. It <laughs> just ran. Um, <laughs> man. Um, but I, I did get updates on this story. Because when it first broke, the story was literally like, random people took Dan Ige's blood <laughs> and he didn't know who they were. <laughs> and, like, and the story, that was just it. Like, nobody knows what the blood was for. We don't know if Ige is getting cloned. We, we don't know what's going on. So, apparently... Um, I did a little digging into this because this, this was just too bizarre not to really look into. Um, so Ige said he assumed that the lady who took the blood worked for USADA. Uh, but when she called him the wrong name after taking several vials of blood, uh, he soon discovered that she was at the wrong house. Um, so basically the confusion about this situation. Uh, for one, this USADA spokesman person, his name is Adam w Willard. Um... Dan Ige's complaint was that the USADA people, I guess, don't always introduce themselves, or they don't wear, like, 
distinguishing gear that says like hey i'm usada like they don't have like a usada t-shirt or something like that um spokesperson said otherwise he says quote unquote they always wear usada uh, branded gear and identify themselves so that was some kind of mix up and i want to say the lady uh where is it at the lady did have a purpose she actually wasn't just some random person um i'm trying to find the point in the article I can't find it. But the the lady who took his blood, she was actually there from some organization. It was it was an elderly person that she was supposed to be. Okay, here we go. Um, for some time to reflect, Ige calmed down about the situation. He also got to the bottom of the situation. Uh, he said, according to his neighbor, the woman who took his blood was an employee of a new testing company called Lab Express. She was there for an elderly gentleman in the building. So, I guess this lady, I don't know if she had the wrong address, um, but she apparently just came to the wrong house. Ige thought she was somebody who she wasn't, and she made off with his blood. <laughs> but he has since calmed down about the situation, so I, I guess everything is okay. Did they just give you a blood I would like back? to assume. I'd like to assume that they did that. <laughs> I, I'm now, like, as you're talking, I'm imagining some, like vampire ponzi scheme where the dude's like pretending to be from some drug testing company collecting blood and then he's just selling it to uh his vampire buddies like at, at a markup <laughs> so so here's kind of the thing on this like uh there's a guy on twitter and and sure dog and i'm sure he bounces around other places called dim space who's pretty like up to date on the usada stuff and his argument was that he didn't want to say dan Ige was lying so much as he was saying that Dan Ige might have maybe, like, juiced the story a little bit. Uh, but Ige, uh, according to Dim Space, USADA has to A, uh, which actually makes sense. They have to give you some form of identification so you know they're with USADA. And perhaps more importantly, check to make sure you're the right person. And apparently this person did not do that. So the argument that USADA would have made that mistake, like, I find that a little hard to believe. Uh, as for Usada wearing a uniform, I actually went back and watched a Conor McGregor clip where he gets drug tested in his gym, and I did not see any. I saw. I'll put it this way: I saw somebody dressed like they were a part of some organization, like. like <laughs> but they had no. like I did not see like I didn't see any sort of logo, but like you could tell though by the way they were dressed and by the way they were handling things that they were absolutely from some reputable org. Uh, if he didn't say from USADA, it could have been from like the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Um, but they, he just looked. He just looked. Important. Yeah, it was, well, it, was a, it was a lady. You know, it was a lady, and she looked like she looked like she was there from a drug testing facility. Like you could just kind of get the vibe. You know what I mean? Uh, as for whether or not she like had any sort of emblem or marking on her, some sort of rite of passage deal, uh, I didn't see anything on her outfit that said she was from USADA. Then again, she may have shown identification off camera. Uh, so I don't know if they all wear a uniform. It would make sense. But then again, how many people are in USADA times how far? Like, not everybody. There's always that one dude who's out of the dress code at work. You know, so right. it could have been some rogue <laughs> dude, like, on his 500th trip. You know, just like, yeah, whatever. Like, they're going to know it's me. I'm going to wear a shirt or whatever. And Maybe he was, you know, tired of collecting yeah, like, blood. Or... Well, really, it was a, it was a she. So, you know, she, she was tired of collecting blood. Like, I'm... I'm... Putting in my two weeks, It's 6.30 a.m. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 6.30 a.m. Right. He's half awake. Yeah, I'm who, half awake. Who's going to notice, right? Like, who's going to notice? Oh, shit, it's the wrong guy's blood. 
Um, <laughs> that said, and this was my bone of contention with the anti-cool and just in general. Anybody who's trying to take my blood needs to provide some proof of identification, proof of that they work for this organization that they claim to work for. I want to speak to your supervisor. Um, like, uh, what's your mother's maiden name? Uh, where do you live? Do you have any pets? Like, because if you're taking my blood, I need to know you on a personal level now. So while I understand Ige was just like, ah, it's probably USADA. Like, if you're going to take blood from me, I need to have a better idea of what, like, I need proof that you work for this organization. So that's, and Ige is an MMA manager. So he has to be a little bit more careful, even granting him the fact that it was really early in the morning. So I don't, like, to me, this sounds like a case where everybody's kind of lying a little bit. Like, um, I don't want to use the term lying, but embellishing a little bit. Like, I, I highly doubt that every single employee wears a USADA, like, emblem right in the middle of their chest so that you know that it's them. Uh, I, I doubt Dan Ige, I doubt his blood was stolen. You know what I mean? Like, and also, apparently, in the story, like, the first time they say your name wrong, like, that's stop. We stop right now. Like, take this out of my arm. Because you apparently right. are not here for me. Uh, I do think it makes sense. I do think it's true that USADA probably has to check the identification of everybody they're drug testing. Because realistically speaking, like, what USADA guy is going to be like, oh, yeah, you're just a random guy. Are you Uriah Hall? Like, and it could be anybody. Like, you have to have some sort of, like, can I see your driver's license? Can I see, like, can I see something to prove that you're Uriah Hall? Like, you think that would make sense. You're going to be there anyways. Um, just a weird, weird story. Like, I... Because it's like... Ige messed up. The lady messed up. Uh, I guess if you believe that this is a common mistake, USADA messed up. Uh, although Dan Ige, by the way, true professional, true smart man, never once said a bad thing about USADA in the entire process. Was very polite about this. Was like, yeah, it's basically my fault, but still, it's kind of weird. Um, true company man to the fullest. Um, just a weird, like, crazy story. Well, if if Ige did uh, spice up the story, I'm not mad. It gave me no. Like I'm to... totally cool with it. <laughs> Ige, put it this way: he made it clear. Like, if it was like, ah, oh, fuck Usada, they just <laughs> because of Usada, some random guy took my blood. Like he was very, very careful to make it kind of like funny. Like once he kind of calmed down about it, he took some humor out of it. Uh, and yeah, I guess somebody's gonna go clone Dan Ige now. There we go. Could think of work. So there'll be a there'll be a, a lightweight Dan Ige in the UFC within about the next year or two. They'll send him to another gym across the country. Who's gonna program him though? Like now I'm now I'm trying to th I'm just trying to think of like what Doctor Robotnik level mad scientist wants to clone Dan Ige. Because you know it's like of all the guys you could get, if all the guys you could steal blood from, like he's probably the number one seventy nine on your list. Gotta, we gotta start somewhere. Gotta, gotta, gotta start. Evil Danny Gay. I hope he did. <laughs> As you said earlier, evil Danny Gay. There, yeah, there we go. Got evil Danny Gay. It's like you know, regular Ryu, evil Ryu. See, but here's the you problem. Know. Danny Gay fucked this up because he's got a beard, and the evil one always has like the facial hair. So we need like mm. clean-shaven Danny Gay to be the evil Danny Gay. There we go. I'm glad he did spice up the story though, because in my mind. I just... <laughs> I went into Hollywood mode, and I just picture, like, some unsuspecting old lady, like, 
knocks at his door, and then she just like stabs him in the neck with a <laughs> runs off. He just runs. <laughs> he just gets That's out the of worst. There. That's the worst. He just he wakes up like five minutes later. Like what? Just Dude, happened? like that, that's horrifying because like I'm thinking back. There was like a legitimate in New York City. There was like a weird fad in like the late '90s, early 2000s, where dudes were stabbing each other with needles on trains. So now I'm thinking back to like my childhood where I was horrified to take like the six train for a few weeks. <laughs> But, uh, and again, um, like, I don't know if Danny Gay lied. I don't think he lied. I think this definitely happened in some respect, but it was like, it wasn't an MMA mistake. It was just like a Danny Gay at 6 a.m. Why wouldn't they become a that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's early in the morning. You're probably like, still like discombobulated. You're wiping cold out your eye. You don't really, yeah, yeah. you're probably not even really all Somebody's the way Somebody's woken you so, up. You know. You know. Yeah. Although, like, was, I'm just know. trying to think like, because like, you Whenever somebody comes to the door to give you anything, like they they ask for your name, right? And then you got to like sign your name. And so, did she look at the signature and look at the name on the top of the form and like, oh, that's not like I'm trying to. Like, how far into the process? Apparently, she got blood, and then she called them by the wrong name. But like, nobody at the door was like, hey, I'm here to, like, because I guess what could have happened is she could have said like, hey, I'm here to take your blood. And he was just kind of like, sure, like you're probably from you're from X, right? I would I would have just felt horrible because like, you know like when guys get blood tested or they get the USADA test, they like do the snarky tweet. They're not the snarky tweet, but like the happy tweet where they're like, just drug tested, 100% clean, USADA, clean sport. And like if a USADA guy was like, we need to talk, right? <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, you get man. that. You get but, that uh... DM with the uh oh. <laughs> who, who who did she yeah, say wait. she was? <laughs> yeah, she, she. We don't have anybody by that name who works. We there. need Blade on the case. He'll 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 figure this oh, out. Oh man, there we go. That's 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 the synopsis for whatever his next movie. Is. <laughs> Wesley Snipes hunts down <laughs> hunts down <laughs> evil Danny Gay. <laughs> Oh man, that's the next phase of Marvel where like all the movies tank. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put Danny Gay in the Avengers. Fuck it, seems like a nice guy. There we go. <laughs> See, so something good can come out of anything. But uh, oh man, but yeah, Th- those were the stories. Talk about like a hi- the um, highest of the high and the lowest of the lows. We had to, you know, a very very serious medical condition or a medical situation with Angela Magana, BJ Penn with a machete. Uh, drunken Darren Till, and we finish up with vampires robbing Dan Ige of his blood. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Slow news week, guys. Yeah, just a bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not a lot going on, you know, but we we had to find a way to make make life somewhat interesting. Um, I've got to get to fights, which... Um, ah, boy. You know. Well, let me... Let yeah. me while while you know, gather yourself, you want me to do the lead in here? Uh, well, it's, sure, it's, it's, sure. it's just going to be simple. Uh, so this card, this card in general. Uh, well, I was going to say, go before ahead. we get there, okay. uh, let's start with Ryzen. And, uh, oh, yes, yes. Well, I did not yeah, watch yeah, Ryzen, yeah. so it's going to be up to you to carry the carry the torch. Oh, it's fine. I, I didn't really watch it either outside of clips, so um, I'll, I'll just read off results. Because, uh, you know, I love Ryzen, and this was the card that happened, but I was asleep. Uh, well by the time it happened and then i think when i woke up the horaguchi fight had just ended and i don't really care much to watch king mo and jerry projaska so i just you know 
did not tune in. But anywho, <laughs> uh, blunt <laughs> honesty. Rather than, uh, well, it's know. a holy day. You can't lie on a holy day. Uh, rather than fifteen, uh, that went down very, 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 very early this morning. Um, it seemed like a good card, um, but like I said, I I only saw like GIF highlights, so I, I don't really. I can't really go in depth on any of these performances because I didn't really watch any of them. But just a few of the notable fights. Um, I'll just ramble through these real quick. Uh, Jerry Prochaska, uh defeated King Mo via third round TKO. I think this makes him the champ now. I want to say I think that was for the light heavyweight belt. Um, co-main event: Koji Horiguchi versus Ben Wen, former UFC flyweight. Uh, Horiguchi starched him in the first round, got a TKO. Horiguchi has now won, like, 12 straight. I don't know. Since the UFC, the man has done nothing but win. Um, just he's, he's done nothing but win. Post-UFC life has treated him very well, so I'm going to have to go back and watch that fight. Uh, Roberto Satoshi defeated Satoru Kataoka via second-round TKO. Uh, Reina fought, Reina Kubota fought, uh, Samantha, John francois she won via unanimous decision, just gonna skip around a little bit, uh, Makuru Asakura defeated Luis Gustavo, uh, via unanimous decision, Damian Brown, I think this was his rising debut, I could be wrong, but, uh, Damian Brown defeated Koji Takeda via unanimous decision, Kana Watanabe defeated Justinia, I'm saying that right, Haba via unanimous decision, uh, Manel Cape was also on the card. He defeated Sechiro Ito via second round TKO. Uh, Kanako Murata defeated Saray Orsko. If I'm saying that right. Via Von Fluchok. Shout out to the Von Fluchok. Um, and moving down, um, there were some kickboxing fights on this card. Most of note, uh, Tenshin Nasukawa folded uh, Fritz, Fritz Biaktan via third round TKO. Uh, the gift highlight I saw, he like need him in the body, and that was a thing, and then he died. Wait, so, excuse me? You know. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, tension, just just doing tension things. One of these highlights, uh, which which one was it? Uh, I feel like I skipped somebody. Roberto, what was his name? Oh, no, the Roberto, um, which, which one of these TKOs I want you guys to go back watch no i can't find it just go back and watch the whole card one, one of these highlight not one of these finishes was pretty nasty somebody got hands put on them. i can't remember who it was but um i mean like i said i, I can't really go in depth because i didn't watch any of these just saw like highlights and gifts and things like that but you guys know how rising cards are they're fun they're you know they're rising i don't really know how else to describe them but i'm just happy that Kyoji horiguchi is still just out here winning life is treating him great and I'm a fan, so I'm glad Horiguchi won. I heard the King Mo fight and Jiri wasn't like all that great, but you know, it is what it is. But that was Ryzen 15. Um, and then in boxing news, uh, Terence Crawford fought last night against Amir Khan. <laughs> this fight was, this was a, uh, it was something. Um, this was one of those fights that I think we kind of all knew how this was going to go, so we were just watching to see how long it was going to last, because I don't think any of us thought this was going 12 rounds. In my mind, I was like, this probably doesn't go past, like, round 8. Um, um, unfortunately, this fight ended in, in, in via controversial matter. Um, I mean, for most of the fight, Crawford, you know, it, it wasn't, like, super crazy exciting, 
Like, I thought Khan was doing okay at moments. Like, he, he seemed pretty fast. Once Crawford got his timing down, it was kind of a wrap. Um, he rocked Khan in the first. I uh, thought he was going to be out of there real quick, but Khan recovered pretty good. He got his wits back about him. And every round from then was just kind of... Crawford's just really technically sound, really defensively sound. And then once he... Like I said, once he kind of got Khan's timing down, it, it we we all knew what time it was. He he was countering really well. He started blasting Khan with right hands. You you clearly see that one of these gentlemen hits much harder than the other. <laughs> so you know it it was just kind of one of those fights where we were just kind of waiting for Khan. Like all right, how long is he gonna last? So eventually he's probably gonna get knocked out. But it ended in the six, not in the way any of us really wanted. Uh, Crawford caught Khan with an accidental low blow. He was trying to go to the body. Um, now listen, I, I'm not the guy to go on here and call anybody punk or say that they're trying to run or say that they're, you know, I, I don't like to do that. Um, I'm, I'm, and, and another thing, it is a nut shot. And I am a man, so I sympathize with, you know, anybody <laughs> getting punched in the nuts. It is not a very, it's not a pleasant feeling. And then, you know, you're a professional boxer, so you're hitting, you're getting hit in the nuts by somebody who punches people for a living. So that's just, <laughs> that just makes it extra, you know, extra, extra, just a little more know. paprika. But the, the, yeah, yeah. But, but the ending of this confused me. So kind of like MMA, kind of the same in boxing, like when you get hit below the belt, you know, you're supposed to get time to recover, you know, your, your five minutes or whatever. So I was still confused about how this kind of ended because he, Amir definitely didn't get five minutes. He got like one and a half, maybe two. Um, and then they were in the corner. There was some jibber-jabber going back and forth. Just, I, I don't know what was going on. And then eventually the fight just got called off. Um, speculation. I'm, I'm not going to say one way or another. If it wasn't Khan who won it out, his corner might have won it out because I think we all kind of knew <laughs> where this fight was heading had it continued. Um, unfortunately for Khan in his corner, you don't win belts off of low blow finishes. Um, that is not how this works. I think after I think the way the rules work is you just you just go to the judges' scorecards and whatever the fight was scored up to that point. That's how it goes. Um, well, really, they just ended it in the TKO anyway. So I don't know. It was just a really anticlimactic way to end what was actually an ESPN pay-per-view. Shout out to everybody who paid $70. I hope you feel good about yourself for what you just did. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, Very anticlimactic finish. Um, I mean, Crawford looked good. Yeah. You know, he looked good. That's pretty much all we can ask for. I, I don't know how much closer this puts us to Crawford and Spence. There, there was some uh, talk afterwards with um, did Aaron? Yeah, Bob Aaron. Yeah, Aaron did his old man <coughs> spiel about uh, old man. You, you know, you, this, <laughs> I, I'm not like the most knowledgeable boxing fan, but this just kind of I, I don't know. It, it feels like chitter chatter, just he say she say talk, where like Bob Aaron gets on the mic, it's like, oh his. His people don't want to make the fight because they're scared that Terrence Crawford will win and blah blah blah. It's like, can we just fight, <laughs> please? Can we not? Can let's not do this. Let's. I, I don't want to hear that. Um, but yeah, it, it it ended the way it ended. It kind of is what it is. Um, 
Elsewhere on the card, uh, Teofimo Lopez defeated Edis Totley, if I'm saying that right, via fifth round TKO. Shakur Stevenson defeated Christopher Diaz via unanimous decision. And Felix Verdejo defeated Brian Vasquez, unanimous decision. That was a ESPN pay-per-view. If you drop $70 on that, um, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I mean, albeit you can't predict that a car is going to end like that, but you got to feel pretty hurt that you didn't even get to see Crawford, like, knock him out, knock him out. Like, the fight just got stopped off a low blow, and it, you, you should feel cheated. Uh, I would feel cheated. But Crawford won, so that's good. And ho hopefully him and Spence at some point will get to... Uh, get the fight because I've just been waiting for that for a long time but congrats to Terrence Crawford regardless yep. um, a win is a win that's all people remember so yeah so so I did not see this card I was at a uh, as I told you I was at a, a deer fundraiser so we were we were, <laughs> we, were, we, were we were doing some some deer fundraising just trying to raise money to prevent the number the deer population from decreasing in my area uh, but I was getting the ESPN notification. And I got home, and I watched, I watched Danny Garcia against Adrian Granados, which was on free on Fox. Somebody on Fox paid money for that fight. So, it, it, you are not, so you're not the biggest loser if you paid for Con Crawford because your investment <laughs> was 70 bucks, and theirs was like $3 million. But, uh, you know, so I, I watched that for free. I had it on DVR. I figured that would just be a better way to waste my time because I got in, like, after the – I got an after the Teofimo Lopez fight, so I knew like the main event was either just about to start or started already, and it just didn't make sense to go through the whole process or whatever. But my phone started going crazy, and I was like, oh, I guess Crawford knocked him out, because that makes sense, but he dropped him, and then my phone started going crazy again, and I assumed that that was like a, now it's over, and the finish was like covered in great detail, and I saw a, a gif of it, and then someone uploaded a clip of it in full, and, uh, I don't think Amir Khan wanted out. I think Virgil Hunter wanted a Hail Mary. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> there, from everything, because I was also following on social, uh, social media, like, Khan's legs were gone. He was getting killed to the body. He, he, he was just having, like, a miserable experience, a miserable human experience. Uh, and, like, that's like a freebie. Like, you could maybe get away with it. Like, hey, he got hit low. I'm pretty sure Khan couldn't continue, apparently, from what I've heard, it was a really... Like, from what I saw, it looked pretty bad. Uh, not, like, the worst I've ever seen, but pretty bad. And uh, they were just like, hey, maybe we can squeeze this one out, and didn't quite work out the way they wanted to. Poor Bob Barum is standing... Cut this promo in a shower of booze... In a, in a river of booze uh, from this crowd. Which, by the way, I heard booed Terrence Crawford. Uh, so if you saw that, can confirm that, I'd appreciate it. Let me know at the sports sound off. Um, just a bad night, a bad night overall, because from what I've heard, Shakur Stevenson looked impressive, but wasn't fun. Teofimo Lopez looked a little bit more toned down compared to his usual style and his usual self. Um, and the main event, the $70 fight was, you know, which it's unfortunate. Um, but Hey, what are you going to do? They, they got your money. So that was the key. And it's like, Part of the problem with these fights, like Mikey Garcia against Errol Spence and Bud Crawford against Amir Khan, is like they're being sold to you on the basis of the idea that 
these guys are going to suddenly unify. Or just in the case of but like I have no belief that Errol Spence is going to fight Keith Thurman or Sean Porter or any of those guys. So it's just kind of like fights with no end. Fights with no ending to no goal just to keep fighting. So uh, it was a bad night. Bad night for ESPN. Their first UFC pay-per-view that people can't order it. And the first boxing pay-per-view that people order, uh, a dude gets nutshotted and that's the end of the night. So also, it's can't nice always start. plan them out the way you think you can. <laughs> Uh, life, life has its own plan sometimes, and you do. We just kind of, he's got to. And Bob Arum is talking about like how like top uh, Al Heyman will never work with. They work together on like the highest grossing fight ever in the history of ever. Like Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather was those two guys like working together. So like, I I don't I don't necessarily understand why all the beef is on Al Heyman there, but um. Uh, Old, just old man banter. Old man banter, yeah, I would agree. Well, you know, Bob can't <laughs> yell about the UFC anymore. They're on the same network. They, like, hang out together, so they got all, he's got to, like, find new targets. <laughs> he's bitching about Eddie Hearn. He's bitching about Al Heyman. That's it. You can't scream at the kids on the lawn. You scream at the neighbor. Some, somebody's got to feel the rest. Somebody's playing their music too loud uh, somewhere. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but... That was, uh, yeah, so those are the other fights that went down this weekend. Um, like I said, I didn't really, the Ryzen card didn't get to watch, so, but I'll, I'll just say go back and watch it because it's Ryzen. Most of their cards are pretty fun. And, uh, you know, you can watch the Terrence Crawford fight, but it wasn't anything, it wasn't anything. Yeah, because, like, let's be fair. If you bought this fight, you probably bought it for the dramatic. Like, you are pretty sure Amir Khan, because Amir Khan gets flattened when he loses. Like, he loses bad. So you probably bought it thinking you were going to get another Canelo Khan, and instead you got uh, Johnny Cage. The Johnny right. Cage. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all you got. That's, that's, that's what the combat gods gave you. You just, you just have to accept it. They took it. your money. Yeah, they robbed you. It's fine. You it's and Dan Ige can compare losses now. <laughs> Six pints of blood versus uh, $70. Yeah. A lot of food you could have bought with that. So you, what's up? Oh, seventy dollars. That could have been a good meal. You could have bought. Yeah, you could. You could. You could have gotten a new video game. You could have gone to the movies. You could have seen the Avengers Endgame, maybe. Yeah, if your tickets. Yeah, if you out. can find, if you can find a theater <laughs> somewhere, you could sit on the roof. There uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I got mine. I will be going. See, I'm a, I'm a different kind of guy. I'm not a not a comic book dude. So that movie is no in nothing to me. So I probably would have spent my seventy dollars on Crawford Con. You would have won. <laughs> I, I think, in fairness, like two tickets to the Avengers plus popcorn and a couple of drinks probably tops like uh, the Johnny Cage finish. So you want to get into this uh, the main event? Yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about some Russian fights. You, you want me uh, to do this? You want me to get us in here, get us rolling? Then you can do the fights. Sure, uh, yeah, sure, you know, you sure. you you just you just had to run through a whole boxing card. You probably need to catch your. You probably need to have a mental reset, a timeout. Yeah, that, basically, there you go. <laughs> so this card took place in Saint Petersburg, Russia. I will not even begin to pronounce the arena it took place in. And uh, you know, early card these these UFC Russia cards are often you know these these European cards, Asian cards are very early. This took place on ESPN two at first. The prelims were on ESPN two. Then it moved to a one o'clock. Uh, PM main card. In an interesting twist, the UFC lost the fight. 
and did not replace it on the main card. They just went with five fights, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, they, they clearly did that because they were not going to rob ESPN of a fight, so they had to do something. I want you... The best way to compare this card for me is uh, a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie you watch at like 3 p.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> it was an event that like you were watching it, so you were kind of invested, and there was good enough action that you weren't going to change the channel but you knew for a fact like as soon as this movie's over you're not going to remember anything about it you're not going to remember it it's, it's it's in your body and then out uh it's like bad bad takeout in and then out it's good at the moment and then it's going to come out later it it was in and then it happened and then you just moved on like this was not a card like there was not nothing memorable but there was nothing offensive either so it was just kind of like a solid event that over-exceeded expectations, but that because the expectations were so low. Because how many, realistically speaking, Sensei, I was just curious, I wanted to ask you about this. How many of the guys did you know on the main card? Uh, let's see. Off of first glance, I remember, well, the obviously mayor. main event. Obviously, I obviously know those. Um, I was looking forward to Makachev. I wouldn't say I was l- looking forward to Mata Ferry, Shevchenko, but at the same time, I, I just, I guess I wanted to see how it played out. And, like, I know Jotko, but I don't, right. you know. <laughs> like, and then, like, Sergei Pavlich, like, I saw his name, and I was like, I've, I've seen him before, I think. Right. <laughs> like, his name's somewhat familiar, but I couldn't, if, I couldn't point him out. At yeah, the like, the point of this isn't to, like, the point of this isn't to shame anybody who didn't know anybody on the main card. Like, is that, the point of it is just that yeah. This was an event where you couldn't really even have expectations because you didn't really know anybody. Like, I knew of Sergei Pavlovich. I knew of Islam Makachev. I knew of the main eventers. I knew of Jadko. And I have a decent understanding of... I knew who Mataferi was and a decent understanding of who Antonina Shevchenko was. But, like, the undercard was just names you've never heard of plus guys who you want to forget about. And so you kind of go into that real low bar, like, just don't waste my afternoon and my morning. And to their credit, it was a solid event up to those expectations but no if you missed this card you probably didn't miss much and it's nothing to like it's not going to be like israel adesanya kelvin gaston where you missed it like you're gonna hurt it was just a decent night of fights that if you didn't see it live you you survived yeah unless you're like a hardcore fan of somebody on right. the card there's not you know like i said it was an event for the moment it happened um i had to watch this while i was at work because i worked saturday morning so um, I couldn't really, I, I watched some of this in real time. I, I think it, this card probably did benefit that it came on early in the morning. Like th- this is a good way. Like you start your day off with this. It was just kind of something that happened. And now that it's over, like, all right, I can enjoy Oh yeah, for sure. Like I bet if this takes place at eight o'clock, there's probably some bitterness. Oh, right. Because <laughs> not that it was bad, but it's just like, there is an expectation almost relative to time slot. So if you're going at eight o'clock to like 10 o'clock, like there's an expectation that this has to be worth my time this it was like what else am i going to do at 11 30 on saturday to put it simply and i think we've said this about other cards this was one of those cards that like there were there were good fights but none of these fights i mean and this doesn't apply to the fighters they're making money off of this this is their livelihood i'm speaking strictly from a you know a fan's perspective right. none of these fights really like men yeah like that's a, that's a perfect like, way like again like a like an action movie like john claude van damme you're watching like blood Bloodsport six and it's like Right. <laughs> he's an old man and because they're right. old guys in the main event so you got to make the comp 
And it's just like, it's a good card for what it is. Don't overthink it. Move on. There's another one next week. That's how I view some of these. Like, it, there, it, it happened. It was fine. We're going to do something else now. Well, go, go, going into that, uh, main, main event of this card, Al- Alistair Overeem versus Alexi Olenek. And by the way, listeners, if, if you don't know, this main event might be the only two pr- names we pronounce right on this entire card. Um. Yeah, I'm not liking our accuracy. Like, <laughs> it's a shame the Anticle's not here because he's like Mr. Name Butcherer. Like he he embraces that, and we're just gonna cringe through each of these. Like, oh yeah. no, we're gonna try, but it's because we don't want we don't want Khabib coming to our house scolding us. Like, uh, we don't want yeah. the low bottom Listen, treatment. Yeah. Listen, Khabib, you can't tell me you can't tell me that for the first time you saw uh, Michelle. Whatever his last <laughs> name is, <laughs> you can't tell me you pronounced that right. On Mr. The first Michel. Try. There we go. <laughs> but, um, the main event of this card: Alistair Overeem, Alexi Olenek. Um, I'm always interested in every Overeem fight because he's just one of those guys that, like, I'm like, you should win this, but Jesus, there is a chance that you just somehow might lose, and I have to see how this is gonna. Like, I really want you to win, but. In the back of my mind, I'm like, something. This can go wrong somehow, some way. It can go wrong. Um, I actually watched this fight in the parking lot at my job. <laughs> it was on like right as I clocked out, so I just sat in my car. <laughs> I just stayed in my parking spot until it was over. Luckily, it only. I envisioned that this fight was not gonna last long. I was like, either Overeem's gonna knock him out early, or Overeem is gonna do something stupid and get caught in a submission somehow, and now I'm just gonna drive with my head hanging low um so i, I was confident this was not going to go five rounds and lucky for me it did not um yeah this, this was definitely an overeem fight you know moments of him looking great and then other moments where it's like don't do that <laughs> but you know the, the fight pretty much uh they came out uh got in close quarters immediately when when uh, Alexi pulled guard, I was like, "Oh boy, here we go! Either something great's gonna happen or something stupid's gonna happen." Because um, if you guys don't know, Alexi is a submission specialist. The man just land chokes from everywhere, so you can never really be be too safe with him. Um, but Overeem got out of that first, you know, that that first little part. He got out of it, so I'm like, "All right, cool." They stand back up, and then. You know, not even like 20 to 30 seconds later, I'm questioning why Olenek is landing overhand rights on Overeem, who's like, <laughs> like an elite level striker. Like, why is this old, this 40 year old, and looks every, looks and moves every bit 40 of year a 40 year old heavyweight? <laughs> why is he hitting Overeem with these just really slow <laughs> overhand rights? But I mean, props to to Olenek. He he caught Overeem with an overhand right. I don't think it like super rocked him, but I think it was enough to just kind of like to startle him a bit, and he just kind of rushed him. And I thought he had like a good game plan. Like obviously, you're not gonna stand and trade with Overeem. That's probably not gonna end too well for you, which it ended up not ending too well. But you know, he he would club him with an overhand right. He would kind of rush him. Some of the shots that he was landing against the cage, Overeem did his little turtle shell defense, which I I hate, but whatever. I, I guess it works for him. Um, a lot of the shots were kind of like hitting his elbow, but the, the body shots were landing. I thought, uh, Olenek did a good job of landing those. And this, this weird process repeated where it's like overhand, right, chase you to the fence, body shot, body shot, clinch, body shot. 
And I'm like, all right, Wolverine, eventually you can get out of this, right? Like, we're, we're not going to do this old man chase you around. Because <laughs> <laughs> this has to stop. Because you'll find a way to lose. But, nah, Wolverine, man, it, for much as he may make mistakes and he may lose fights that he should win, um, Wolverine at his best, man. This He has some of the most violent knees and just I've ever seen in my life. Um, his knees are just, they're terrifying. Like, so Olenek has this stretch where, like, he's doing okay. He's the aggressor. He's not landing anything too crazy, but, like, clearly he's the one doing, like, all of the damage because Overeem isn't the most, he's not out here just winging a thousand punches around. But Overeem out of nowhere just kind of, Alexi tries to rush in and he just catches him with a knee to, like, the body. I'm like, okay, Overeem's, he's, he's awake now. He knows what's, what's going on and then from then every time they clinch just i'm always amazed at like how high overeem gets his knee up yeah like, <laughs> the final sequence where he catches olenek with like three knees he gets his knee up to like olenek's like temple from and from like tremendous just... angles too like that those were not straight up the middle either like i saw him go around the guard and it was right perfect. yeah they're yeah they're coming around and just hitting you like right on the side of the head. And if just if you look at just the force that Overeem just lands knees, like they just look really just painful. He caught Olenek with some I think he caught him with a knee to the body, but eventually the, the, the trio of knees that just kinda ended it just they clinched. He caught him at like three knees to the side of the head and poor little poor poor Olenek just kinda drops. <laughs> but then it becomes another Overeem moment. <laughs> <before it's> like... <laughs> So he needs Olenek. We're all 100% sure, like, oh, this is over. Because the way Olenek just fell over, like, he just, he could not I take I thought, those. like, I don't know if you saw it. Did you think, like, at first that he fractured his orbital? Because I thought he was, like, grabbing at his eye. Yeah, he was kind of, he was kind of turtled right. up. So I was like, like oh, he must have yeah, caught he him, was like, definitely, on the edge. Yeah, because he, yeah, he was literally, he was just kind of covering his face. Like, he knew it was, it probably hurt extremely bad, and he probably was in a lot of pain and then he just kind of turtled up like all right i'm, I'm done so overeem you would think knee old man falls over we just throw ground and pound let's get out of here overeem does this weird like i want to hit you but i kind of don't want to hit you like i don't know if he felt bad that he need <laughs> like, i don't know he just has a moment of hesitation like overeem if you don't punch this man and get out of here before you lose somehow but eventually, you know, he lands some ground and pound, and, you know, it's, it's over. Rough stops, we've seen enough, and Overeem gets the win. Um, yeah, Overeem fights are always fun for the wrong reasons because like, you, just, you never know what he's going to do or not going to do that could possibly lead to him losing. But all in all, I'll say that to say, um, I've said this, I, I know Overeem's career has had some, some ups, some downs. It's, it's gone in every direction possible. I think when he is at his best, he is like literally one of the most talented heavyweights I've ever seen. He has a very well-rounded game. His knees are just devastating. He He's an underrated grappler. He has a very complete skill set. It just doesn't always come together. But in this case, you know, he weathered an early storm, so to speak, used what he was good at, used the knees, and, and got, got Alexi out of there. So, yeah, like, everything there was 100% accurate. Um, but when you were describing this to me, I thought of a story. Uh, this is a – we're going to do a wrestling story for a second, but just, like, I, go with me here. Um, I'm reminded of, like, there's an old Ric Flair story 
uh, where he went to the Dominican Republic for a title defense, just for like a filler title defense, against a guy named Jack Veneno, who was super, super, super popular in the Dominican Republic. And when Flair got there, the crowd was like agitated. And then the longer they got to the buildup of the title match, he was like, oh shit, like there's going to be a riot if I win. So on his own, he told Jack Veneno, he's like, hey, listen, you're going to win the belt tonight. And then we're just going to pretend this night never happened. So Veneno wins the title against Ric Flair because Ric Flair was afraid he would die in a riot. So <laughs> when over, now that I'm thinking about it in my head, it's like when Overeem dropped Olenek, it was almost like he was like, can you can you like wake up? Because now I'm a little right. <laughs> like he was concerned that if he won, there would be a problem. But um, so, yeah, like that, that was Overeem's Ric Flair moment. First time ever Overeem will be compared to Ric Flair in his life. Uh, there's something about these really great BJJ practitioners that they can... Damian Maya, in the first round of every Damian Maya fight where he doesn't sub a guy, he has a lot of success striking. And I think it's because you're so afraid to be in tight quarters with that guy that they can get you from distance. Because there's no reason, there's no reason on any earth that Alexi Olenek should be landing clean on Alistair Overeem. <laughs> but he was, uh, you know, and I don't know if you saw it, but he threw like a standing hammer fist against the fence and it yeah. missed by like three feet. <laughs> so, it was like, there's no reason he should be caught clean and Overeem gets a lot of stuff, a lot of flack for his chin, but that was a clean shot right to the lips because it came from such a funky angle and he had his arms down and he ate it flush. So I knew he was hurt then. I watched this fight twice. One time with uh, one time with commentary, one time without, and I kind of realized that he was not as hurt as I think Dan Hardy and Paul Felder and company might have thought. Because after that first shot, he turtles up, which is the worst. I, I wish I could have seen that fight with the Anacol because I know he hates it too when he does that. But Overeem turtled up, and it was like you could hit. I think you can hit Overeem to the body a hundred times and he'll be fine. You know, I, I don't think he has an off switch there. Could be wrong, but uh. Like, he turtled up, and then he would circle out. And his eyes were completely clear. He wasn't that hurt afterwards. And I think he just gets comfortable when he's blitzed. He gets comfortable falling back and turtling up. And I think after a while, he was like, okay, I'm going to have to get this guy off of me. And I can't figure out why. Like, I can't figure out how. And so now Overeem goes to the body with knees, and there's success. And now he realized, okay, the knee's going to be the way. Like, if he takes me down, so what? But I, I, he's crashing so hard and coming forward so heavily that I'm going to either knee him when he gets in close or when he ties me up, I'm stronger than him. Because Overeem was definitely the stronger of the two guys. I'm stronger than him, I'll control him, and I'll just knee him until he can't take it anymore. So they clinch, there's knees, there's a separation, clinch, knee separation, knee into the, the knee to the body that kind of backed Olenek off, I think gave Overeem the confidence to be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, he knees him around the guard, gets his knee at a crazy angle to find the sweet spot, and drops him. And then I swear to God, I don't know if he thought, like, I can sub him, or if he was like, Herb, can you stop it now so I don't have to do anything anymore? Or what happened there? But it was almost like he stopped. And <laughs> it, was like, it was like Paul Felder and, and Dan Hardy are like, they're afraid he's going to get submitted somehow. And Paul Felder's like, he's got to open up. And I think it took, like, two elbows to, for it to be officially done. Because I thought that the way Olenek fell, I thought he had fractured his orbital. Because he grabbed that, like, his eye area. And so I'm like, yeah, we don't need to see any more of this. But 
over him was I guess he almost wanted to get out of the second round. Maybe he wanted to get to the second round or whatever, but one of the weirder finishes I've ever seen. And yeah, it, uh, Paul paused in the the hesitation of a win, and boy oh boy, like if somehow this fight would have lasted till the second round, <laughs> and old, <laughs> and Alexi somehow lands like a Ezekiel choke or something crazy. Oh boy, this could have went another. Direction. And I do think like Overeem's confidence when he got out of that first one was like. I wonder if getting out of the first Ezekiel choke, he kind of like was like, yeah, I, I, now I can win. Like he he tried it, he couldn't get it. And like now he's got nothing for me. And then he got tagged, and that was kind of like a reset moment for him. Uh, and there was another moment where he tried the Ezekiel choke against the fence, which was insane and absolutely ridiculous. But kudos to Alexei Olenek for e- even giving it a shot. So, um, so matchmake, who do you, who do you think over him should face next? Lord, who, who, who's available? Oh, nope. Can't do Volkov because apparently he's a shot of someone else now. took his blood. A, yeah. <laughs> well, apparently it's either that or a medical condition, which, you know, I told people before, like when USADA stops announcing why guys are getting like that guys are getting flagged, you're going to have dudes just randomly disappearing. So you've lost the transparency. So, that was my gripe. What are the other... God, heavyweight is just so weird. What are the other heavyweights out there who aren't doing anything to... Uh... I feel like a, a, well, a no. better question is, who can he fight that he hasn't fought before? Uh, yeah, because he... Wade's uh, is out, and Ganu's out. JDS, he's fought those three guys. Stipe, he fought. That's the thing. The Volkov fight would have been perfect in terms of a name, a rank, and somebody who he hasn't fought. But like, I don't know. Do we really want to see like Overeem and Walt Harris? <laughs> I, would, I personally know. Uh, personally, not for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. You know, oh, oh, I don't know. Do we do 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 Overeem uh, uh, Abdul Rahimov? <laughs> like Is he still in the UFC? I don't even know if he's still in the UFC anymore. That, 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 oh, Shamil. I thought you were talking yeah. about Musa. Yeah, oh, uh, hell yeah, dude. I love Shamil Abdurakimov. Give him any fight. Give him yeah, every main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek Lewis would have made a ton of sense, but Lewis is hurt. Yeah, options are... And, and for a guy like Overeem, like he, you know, he, he might win some, lose some, but he is one of those guys that I feel like every time he does fight, he always fights somebody normally with a name. Not, uh, but the heavyweight, heavyweight is just so weird that it's just... Not, you know, we... The best, the best availability is available. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but like, hey, let's be realistically honest. This is not a super deep division where like you're far away. He's got two wins, both by finishes. Um, he's like one more away Wait, from a because you know what DC versus Overeem is actually kind of interesting. I think. Oh, this has made me think. Do do they? No, uh, I don't, I don't think. I don't gonna... want, no, 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 not Overeem DC. I, I actually would be interested in that, but I, I, I just had a bad thought in my head. Do 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 they try to bring Kane back? Kane versus Overeem. I mean, damn, that fight was like that fight was the fight in 2013. <laughs> like no, like honestly, seriously, like if you think about it, they were so building up to get Kane versus Overeem, and then yeah. the drug test happened, and then. Overeem gets starched by Bigfoot, and then Kane has hurt a million times, and then, and then, and then, and then. So, damn, there's really not much for him to do. He's done, like, unless you want to go rematch territory. But even so, like, JDS is fighting Nganu, so those guys are out. Do you give him, do you do Curtis Blades again? 
Those guys train together now, so I don't think that that's even possible. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? Eve. Ivanov? Do you try Blagoy? Ah, you could. He's a... Hold on, did he win that? Yeah, he... Oh, yeah, he beat, he beat won. Rothwell. He won in quotes uh, against Ben Rothwell, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like that's I a little underwhelming, that. but you could do that fight in, like, somewhere in Europe. That's, you know... The, uh, the Dutch guy that. against Ivanov is... Uh, he's not Russian. <laughs> no, he's, yeah. he's not. He's not Russian. Let me look this up. I want. I don't want to throw out... I think it's the Ukraine, but I don't want to... I don't want to... Yeah, uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I forgot where he's from. Yeah, I don't Bulgaria. Know. I, I, I yeah, like, that. I, I guess that's the do, best. That's yeah. really kind of the best you can do with him, unless you're just gonna be like, "Fuck it, fight DC." Which I'm honestly not opposed to that either. It, it's heavyweight, so I, I at heavyweight I'm very lenient on like who deserves title shots. Like I kind of don't really care to be honest. And it's not like Overeem <laughs> is a guy who gets taken down a lot either. So it's kind of intriguing. Yeah. See, see, see if he can catch uh, DC with a knee, but I, I think DC is trying to gun for that Lesnar fight if that's still going to be a thing, and then he's he's going to. Or Stipe, he'll fight Stipe or whatever, and then he'll be the new Dana. He'll go to like yeah. the smaller shows and be the Dana. Uh, but that was that was that was Overeem, uh, Olenek. Good, uh, great, great need from Overeem. It was an Overeem fight. <laughs> it was weird. It was moments where it's like, oh God, he's doing it. He's doing this again. And then eventually he just... Right, and, and just real quick, because uh, he's not here, and I know he likes to take shots at this division. You have to admit that the heavyweight division, when they're in, like, the main event slot, they re really do get, like, at least compelling stuff. I, I'm just saying, like, if you think about, like, JDS Lewis and this fight, like, you do get compelling fights out of the heavyweights that are not Verdum fights. Because I think Verdum is, yeah. like, the one guy <laughs> who really does kind of drag things down. He's banned. Yeah. He, he's going to do some pro wrestling. We might finally get the Kane Verdun 2 in, uh, yeah. in Mexico. I'm cool with it. You guys, yeah, you guys keep that one. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the main event. Uh, moving on to the co-main event in the lightweight division, Islam Makachev versus Armin. Sarukian. Got it, got it, got that. it. Two right, for two. There we, there we go. Two for two, two for two. Going to mess up the next one, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um... As you made fun of me before we started recording, um, a lot of these fights uh, will be described as just a lot of wrestling uh, happened. This is that. good wrestling, though. <laughs> yeah, th th yeah, th this was entertaining wrestling. It was good. Um, um, I didn't really, I wasn't really too familiar with uh, Sarukian. Like, I feel like I've seen him before, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Um, but either who, it, it was an, an entertaining kind of just back and forth. A lot of wrestling. A lot of scrambling um because i mean like fights like this can go one of two ways you get two guys who are like actually skilled and they make it like fun to watch or you get it where one guy's really good the other guy's like subpar and it just ends up with somebody laying on top of somebody and nothing really happens um but like these two are really like lots of scrambles um i love the that little uh foot sweep that makachev kept landing over yep. and over yeah, that that was really cool. Not not really a, a ton in terms of like damage that was dealt out. Um, I just felt like I think Makachev was able to keep his pace more, and I think like as it got later into the fight that he was kind of just able to keep executing. Um, 
but it, it it was a it was a nice competitive kind of just back and forth you know grappling wrestling a few strikes here and there but nothing really uh nothing really too crazy i mean to be honest i think if 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 sarukian at any point in this fight could have landed at least even just like one really significant shot to maybe like where he like rocked him or something crazy this fight could have went another direction because neither guy really like rocked each other or did anything too crazy but um just good just good fun lightweight wrestling i guess not not really a, a ton to really all say about this fight yeah it was a good it was a somehow this was fight of the night which i think it was a good enough fight to you know i feel like that sums up the card that a pretty good fight was the fight of the night you know, it wasn't like anything super dramatic. Um, if you like wrestling, if you like high-level wrestling, this was a lot of fun. I think there's something to be said for those wrestling kind of grappling fights where one guy just doesn't concede. You know, where you don't see like a closed guard and we're just going to stay here for a little bit. Uh, I think that's fun when you see two guys who are actively trying to either chase submission or position for ground and pound and there's always activity. I think that separates these kind of fights. And this fight had so much activity in it. And Armin Sarukian, they made a big deal about how Islam Makachev had never been taken down. And um, Armin Sarukian was able to, I don't think he took him down, but I think he was able to at least get as close as possible that they were going to give it to him. It felt like more scrambles than anything else. Um, the Anti-Cool would have probably had all kinds of super high-tech, like, wrestling technology, wrestling, you know, uh, technology. Wrestling terminology <laughs> for people to get excited about. This, to me, was just a good fight. It felt like going into this that they kind of just wanted almost like a showcase for Islam Makachev. And it turned out to be a really good fight for that style. You know, like if you're a striking fan, this probably is not going to do anything for you. But there was some real high level grappling in, on, on display. Armin Sar Armand Sarukian's like body lock takedowns and the way he would transition from body lock to chaining takedowns together and just kind of that high level step one, step two, step three kind of stuff was, was really fun. Uh, if you like grappling, it's if you like grappling and, and wrestling, it was a hell of a fight for you. And uh, if if not, this might not be your might not be your cover team. But like you said, like I, just I, <laughs> we're we're lucky this fight did not end up uh, just a lay and pray fest. Like it, it wasn't anything. Yeah, and like, like like to me, those aren't the the worst fights. Are the ones where it's two guys against the cage, just like trading hand positioning, and we did not get that. Yeah. So thanks to them. A big salute to those guys for always being active and having having some fun scrambles. And I am bummed that this was not the Islam Makachev against Francisco Trinaldo fight we were we were uh, <laughs> supposed to get. So it was a little disappointing there. Uh, man, lightweight is jeez. Shark Tank, Shark Tank division. Yeah. Just good luck to everybody at 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 one fifty five. Just. Night in and night out, those would just be phone calls. I just don't. <laughs> Imagine being a guy like Jim Miller, though. That phone rings. Like, you're just like, yeah, I'll take that fight. And it's, like, against the worst people for you to be. Right. The worst <laughs> possible matchups for you over and over and it's over like, again. You just got to know that after this fight is over, even if I win, I'm going to be in so much pain. <laughs> next like, morning. you don't want to laugh about that. But, yeah, or, like, every time the phone rings at 3 a.m., it's like, hey, a dude fell out. You want it? And it's like, who am I fighting? Oh, him? Yeah, I guess so. Poor, poor Jim Miller. And, uh, but yeah, good, uh, good, good, good one from from Makachev. Like I said, at lightweight, it, it just it never gets easier. But um, good, good, good on both of them just being able to keep up that 
pace with this much like just wrestling and transitions and because either one of them easily could have just completely just gassed and tired out but they neither one of them was trying to give the other one too much yeah and and uh not to cut you off but i also think sarukian took this fight on short notice so that's even more impressive that he was able to keep this insane pace while he's fighting this back and forth grapple heavy style like that was really impressive I feel like after, well, you know what? I won't no, go ahead. No, go, go. You got to do it. You got to do it. <laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like after this fight, this is when this card gets. Uh, I don't know the a word. A lot of a lot of recaps. Where you're about to get a lot of coming attractions. You know. Yeah. We'll be so, we'll be uh, brief. We won't but, waste your time. Right. <laughs> but congrats to Bakashev. He won a unanimous decision. Uh, moving on uh, once again in the heavyweight division, uh, Sergey Pavlich. I said that right uh, against Marcelo Gome. Um, I, I appreciate heavyweight fights that just like don't waste time. Like, <laughs> we're, we're two, we're two heavy gentlemen. We can both throw leather. Let's just punch until one of us cannot punch anymore. Um, yeah, they, ne- neither of these two gentlemen wasted any time. Like fight starts, we're throwing hands, we're throwing hooks. People are getting hit. Um, unfortunately for Gome, he got hit one too many times. Um, I think it was a right hand that like initially caught him. I thought so too, yeah. And then he got, yeah, he got backed up, ate a, ate a flurry against the cage, uh, ate an uppercut that just kind of, you know, there's something about an uppercut that just when it catches you clean, it's just like, yeah, you're, you're out of here. Um, yeah, it, it was a quick one round heavyweight, let's just throw punches. Um, but I mean, Sergey did look good though, um, you know. Good hands for uh, heavyweights. Even when they get KOs, can sometimes look really sloppy. <laughs> looking for, for lack of a better term, I, th- I thought he looked pretty good. Hands look good. Um, but now, nah, yeah, not really much else to say. I mean, the, the fight lasted a minute and like six seconds. Just hands got thrown. Marcelo got hit with an overhand right. Got backed up. Got flurry. Got uppercut. Game over. Best way to put it. That's, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. So. Uh... <laughs> I can admit, uh, I can admit off the bat that I, I was I was quite confused here. I made a mistake. I totally thought Marcelo Golem was Junior Albini. <laughs> so like going into it, so um, uh, the fight like I'm I'm not watching the fight. I, I did not see the intros. I did not see the pre-fight video package. So when they get in the cage, I'm just like, that's not the guy with the tiny head. That's a uh, that's the other guy. Like because they had debuted like pretty much back to back. So I'm like, oh, I thought this was going to be Junior Albini. So I had a whole bunch of like head-related puns set up. and Because <laughs> Junior Albini has a small head. Sergei Pavlovich has a massive head. Like a, a, He's in the big head hall of fame. And so I was kind of like, oh, it's going to be like a perfect like perfect head joke thing we could just waste time on. Uh, Pavlovich looked great. I thought he looked great. I thought he came out a little bit more aggressively than he did against Overeem. Which is... That's where yeah, I knew him from. Which is probably okay. due to the, the the significant dip in competition. I think we can agree. We can admit. Yeah. Um, Marcelo Gohm in his past few fights was not aggressive. This time he was perhaps overly aggressive. But I also think that he looked at him and was like, I can't beat this guy in the clinch. That's where I'm losing my fights. I have to win. Like, he's longer than me. He probably hits harder than me. I got to get inside and we have to just throw and, and I'm going to hope I get him. And he did pretty well until he got caught with that right hand. And it kind of caught him at a funky angle, and then he flopped over to the cage, 
And that uppercut was like full torque, Ooh. thrown with great intention, uh, just lands perfectly. And that's your that's your fight. That's your minute and six, guys. I don't know. That, that aggressive surrogate might have beat Overeem. I mean, <laughs> I would say like, that's never going to happen, but then again, I just saw Alexi Olenek. Uh... Right. <laughs> Alexi Olenek. I don't know. What do we call it when old people flurry? Like, it's got to have a name. <laughs> I just saw him riding lawnmower. Uh... Right. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I just saw him, uh, like, yeah. I saw him standing hammer fist over him, so anything's possible. Oh boy, you get the next one. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, but congrats to Sergey, though. Awesome KO, and I, I just I appreciate good he- heavyweight can be uh, tiresome at times, but it's I appreciate when I get the good one, so I always have to give just the recognition. So great, great on great on both of them for just giving an entertaining fight. I, I greatly appreciate that. When I see heavyweight fights on cards, I get worried. if you're not gonna be fast, be violent. There you go. Uh speaking of uh. Uh-huh. I wouldn't call this violent, but um. <laughs> <laughs> moving, moving on to the next fight. Uh, women's flyweight, Roxanne Modafferi, uh, Antonina Shevchenko. Um, you know what? To, to be honest, the way this fight played out, I, I don't think I could have really been too surprised. Um, Antonina, obviously, sister uh, Valentina. Uh, so we, we we know what she's about. High level kickboxing. I, th- I think she's still relatively new to MMA. Yeah, I th- she's, could be she's, wrong. she's pretty green. Yeah. So, you know, you, you pretty much know what this fight is going to be. Either Antonina is going to be able to keep it standing and just kind of light Modafferi up from the feet, or Modafferi is going to be able to, you know, clinch, just find a way to stifle Shevchenko's offense. And, you know, may, maybe get a submission win or just kind of grind out uh, a decision. I mean, first round, I thought Antonina looked pretty good. Um, she For 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 a few minutes, she was able to keep Modafferi at bay at distance. She she caught her with a couple of nice straight kicks. Um, I did like that she, she, at least for a little bit before she did eventually start getting taken down, um, she would catch Modafferi like a one-two. And instead of backing up, like, straight to the cage, she did a good job of, like, angling out or circling right. around so she wouldn't get caught in any bad spot. So I thought she did a good job of that. And, I mean, clearly you saw on the feet, just in terms of just power, technique, when they were trading, Antonina was definitely the better of the two. I don't think that was really a a, a contest. But Modafferi, I thought, <laughs> stuck to pretty much the only game plan that would work, you know. It didn't look the best. There were times I was afraid that she was <laughs> she was going to get knocked out because pretty much her strategy was just, I'm just going to rush you and not let you get too comfortable and just take you down. But, like, I, I felt like her... Uh, somebody on commentary said it, that, that herky-jerky kind of, kind of just motion she does, it doesn't really look, like, really fluid. At times, I feel like her head was just kind of there to be hit, but she just does these weird, jerky <laughs> feints. <laughs> it's really hard to describe. But, I mean, it worked. Like, she would eat a few shots, she would throw a few, and she did land a few, and she would just kind of herky-jerk her way in and just clinch on the uh, on the cage, push the back to the cage, you know, take you down, work ground and pound. 
Um, and I mean, that was pretty much the fight. Like when it was at bay, when it was at distance, Tishenko would get the better of it. But Mataferi eventually just herky jerk, herky jerk, takedown. And it sucked for Shevchenko because I want to say Mataferi had like a hundred percent takedown rate. Like she was like five of five. So anytime she got close, like it was almost guaranteed. Like I'm gonna get you down at some point. Um, I want to say I, I could be thinking of another fight. I think Shevchenko did have like a sweep at one point on the ground. Like she showed she was like at least somewhat confident, but she got just taken down too many times, and then like it was too easy. Like Montefiore didn't really have to, you know. Once she ate her shots that she just needed to eat, and Herky jerked her way in. She just kind of, she she got the takedown she wanted, and got the ground and pound. Was not the most exciting but like i said I, I kind of expected this fight to look like this so i guess i wasn't really too you know i wasn't really bummed out i wasn't like oh this is boring i, I kind of figured this was what was what was gonna happen so i, I i'm not mad my modifray won uh, a split decision she did the, what any smart fighter would do this is the one game plan that i'm not gonna stay with her in the feet because i'm gonna lose so i need to just take it to the ground and where she can't hit me and knee me and kick me and do all those <laughs> those things. It was just, <laughs> you know, it was. She she did what worked. I, I'm not gonna fault you for that. Yeah, there's like, there's like two ways you can take Roxanne Mataferi. Um, the first way is is the positive way, and that's that this is a woman who was cut from the UFC after one fight. Uh, you know, there are tons of fighters who get cut. We never hear from them again, or they 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 languish on the regional circuit. But she actually went and reinvented herself and developed a striking style that's like, I, I, I cringe to call it a style, but that's kind of what it is, right? Uh, you know, she reinvented herself. She reinvented how she fought. She deserves a lot of credit for that. She found a new weight class that was more suitable for her. Uh, she went back to the UFC through tough, earned it the hard way, and now she's kind of like a pretty competent 125-er. That's the positive route. Like, the negative route, though, is just like, she's so... How do we put it? Like unathletic and just awkward to look at, like fighting wise. And she moves like a mattress, like <laughs> like a mattress going down a hill. It's only gonna go in one direction. So just like she's she's very weird, like to watch fight. Uh, but I, I I agree with what you said. Everything about the fight itself. Um, this was probably a case of too soon for Antonina Shevchenko. Uh, Shevchenko. I think they looked at Roxanne Mataferi and were like, there's only one way she can win. And like Antonita could win in a multitude of ways or whatever. And it didn't play out the way they thought it would. Because there was one moment in the first round where I was like, this is probably the turning point one way or another. Antonita Shevchenko throws a perfect head kick and it bonks Mataferi. And she just walked right through it and continued to pressure. And for me, that was like, okay, you don't have something to keep her off of you you better be able to grapple. And so I think to Shevchenko's credit, she was not awful, like, on the ground. She just was not at the level of Roxanne Mataferi. So when people get tired, like, in my belief, in my opinion, when people get tired, that's when it favors the grappler. And so that third round, I was just like, two tired women, I, I, I think Mataferi's going to steal this one. And sure enough, she took it, you know. And uh, as I was telling you off the air, and I know this is going to hurt some feelings and this is going to draw some cringes but Roxanne Mataferi now has a story to a title shot because 
She beat she beat Antonina Shevchenko. That's Valentina's sister. And there's nobody else at 125 who has like any sort of actual story now. So it's like, hey, if it gets close, like if it's close, like they could be like, hey, Valentina can get revenge for her sister. And you could get five rounds of Shevchenko versus uh Modafferi too. Well, if she if she herky jerks her way to a title, I will quit watching. <laughs> that would, that's, that would that's be checkout, amazing. Oh no, I'm watching. You, uh, man, like what? What if she puts on a masterful five round herky jerk? Just <laughs> it just it just works. It shouldn't because Valentina because just Valentina like... Shevchenko can go twenty minutes without throwing her hands at any single point in time. So yeah, Modafferi could just like. <laughs> I use this for bigger guys. She can just muck her way to the title. Like, just, just kind of, <laughs> like, throw yourself into her repeatedly. And I don't know, man. I, 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 to oh. me, that would be hard. That, that's, a, that's a tough ask. That's a tough ask for me. It's a fan. <laughs> Pay fifty nine ninety nine for that. Oh, man. Can you imagine the UFC <laughs> even attempting to try to promote? <laughs> it's like, it's a... Uh, I was gonna make a joke, but like it's it's it, like Roxanne Montefiore. Like for all of my complaints about her like fan base, she's probably one of the nicest human beings ever. So I even feel bad like joking about that, like just that fight in general, because it's like watch the watch like the Russian assassin take on the cat lady from your from like right. your apartment building. It's just like it's it's an unfair comparison. Roxanne is such a nice person though. Like I, man, I would not want to see that fight. There's no reason. Uh, there's no reason to do it, but like, Joanne Calderwood is like. It's like Joanne Calderwood. At it's Jessica I Joanne, and then Caitlin Chikagian, maybe. Yeah, Caitlin but Caitlin's fighting jo- uh, Joanne, so one of those people are gonna get pushed to the back. Roxanne is one fight away, in my opinion. Hey Roxanne, if you get if you get a title shot, I'm would you? I like chaos. I like things that just don't make sense. Things that should only happen in parallel. So universes. you're rooting for Thanos, then? Is that what you're? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, just, I don't want. I want chaos. I want to see what. I want to see Dana White's face when he has to put the belt around Monica. He he's even, like, though? what? He probably would. He's handing it to. He, he's he's going to the booth and giving it to Corey. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's, he's I'm just imagining poor uh, Sean Shelby's got to walk in there and do it because Dana's just outside. The <laughs> this mortified look on his face. I just want to see what the, what do they even try to like? What angle do they try to promote Modafferi as? Like she's just the everyday woman. I mean, you could probably do still. that. Like you know, they'll butcher it still. I mean, but like, well, they'll I mean, them. there's just nothing you could really do there. But there's something like if you, oh man, if you were like really creative, you could kind of do it like like Michael Bisping's title run, where it's like this person has grinded throughout. Years and years of setbacks and getting knocked back, and then finally won the belt. Like you could do something like that. And that is actually true to Modafferi's credit. Like she was doing this back when it wasn't really. My first yeah. Roxanne Modafferi memory was the Sarah Kaufman fight, where like uh, I like I had watched some Sarah Kaufman footage and I was like, wow, she's kind of unlikable. Like I didn't kind of get it. And then I remember watching that fight and rooting for Roxanne Modafferi, and then she got slam KO'd. So I was like, okay, well, I'm never going to hear this woman again. And then she showed up on Tough, and she got slam KO'd in Tough. 
And I'm like, all right, well, we're never going to have to deal with this problem again unless I watch Invicta. And now here she is, like, 10 years later, grinding in the UFC close to a title fight, potentially. And I got – you got to respect that. You got to take some, like yeah. – uh, you got to tip your hat, you know. Yeah, because she, she, she was one of those people that was, like – I mean, somebody who fought, like, Shayna Baszler and, like, Tara La Rosa back in the day. And this was back when, like – I mean, MMA in general wasn't really, like, the thing to do back then. Not, not like it is now. Women's MMA was even, like – you you had to be doing it because you just actually loved it because there was nothing <laughs> there were no nobody was getting million dollar paydays there weren't really a lot of financial incentives for other than you just really loved right, it like, and, and, and if you were like an elite high level no doubt no question about it women's mixed martial artist your peak unless you were like on the elite XC cards your peak was like strike force challengers like there was and geez. there was like no high level mark. And so kudos to Roxanne for getting to this point. And I didn't even notice between there was a point in her career where she easily could have called oh, yeah. quits. Between 2010 and 2013, she was on a one, two, three, four, five, six fight losing streak. And like easily could have just been like, hey, no, I'm that's something like here. if you like, there are two ways to view it. Like as a critic, like it's just hard to watch for me as a critic, but from a personal standpoint, like you have to admire the determination, the work put in, the fact that she kind of reinvented herself, the, you know, just the effort level it took to go from like a six fight losing streak, as you said, to, Hey, I'm potentially a few fights away from fighting for the title again. So I have, I have a respect for Roxanne Bonifay. Yeah. Um, Where's Nico Montagna? The re- <sighs> Close. <laughs> I just saw her name. on. I on came her close. Where's I was going to say something, but. <laughs> we'll, we'll retired. We'll She's retired. Yeah, yeah. Nico's ne- 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 probably got enough. Dude, like, if you think about it, man, like, it's a bummer. We still haven't seen Nico Montoya. Nico Montano, rather yeah. Montoya, Aldo Montoya. Yeah. We haven't seen Nico in a while, and that, that's a that's a bummer. She was supposed to fight. The I mean, she's still like technically, if we're gonna be honest, she's like the uncrowned champion, because she never lost. I don't think we're gonna see. You don't think so? <laughs> I mean, it, I, I don't know. If we do, I feel like they're going to give her the most unfavorable matchup that they can, and they're just going to try to, like, shoo her out. Like, she comes back for a comeback fight, and it's like, hey, you want to fight? Uh, yeah, here you go. Have fun. <laughs> oh, no, I feel bad for her. Oh, oh. oh I feel bad for, her, but... like, what's, uh, what's the way I want to put it? I feel Cause it was like they, I feel like her even becoming champ was a setup anyway. Because we all knew like, all right, she's gonna win this belt, but eventually she's either gonna have to fight, you know, Joanna or Valentina. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, yeah, they were setting you up to get slaughtered anyway, and it was just, it just became a messy, just kind of like. Yeah, she's supposed to fight Sajara Eubanks. Eubanks can't make weight. Then she has to fight uh, uh, Roxanne on short notice, on twenty four hours notice, and then she's supposed to fight. Um, Valentina like three different times they can never get the date right then they set her up she shows up she can't even like make the weight after she openly complained about uh, Valentina not potentially being able to make the weight and so it's just like that 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 and then like it's it's real hard to get into the UFC's good graces it's real easy to fall out of it and I felt like that time where they had to pull that title fight she was done 
So yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's and never going to get back into that small circle. So I, I feel for her. Um, but we got way more. You know to, what? Uh, we got way more out of that yeah. than we should have. I didn't see that. <laughs> I, I, Roxanne yeah. Montefiore is an interesting character. She she even looks like a throwback, like with the knee pads and like the right. high ankle yeah. wrap. She's straight out of like 2004. For sure, right. like if you were making like a comedy character for UFC Undisputed or whatever, like she would—that's what it would look like. Yeah. So, but congrats to Roxanne, man. She she got her, she got her win, and like you said, not not far fetched. She she gets like another win. She she's in like title contention because this division is still like building, so there isn't the the infrastructure is still like being made. So this like this is that. the time to get in for your title shots, like while it's this kind of thin right. because. No, eventually it'll and why Val- but... while Valentina Shevchenko is basically like sleepwalking through her, right? So <laughs> hopefully you just catch her on off day. So which could be anything. <laughs> so did you did you listen yeah. to the commentary on this? I did, but well, I no, I'm just asking. Uh, well, I had it muted because I had this fight muted for for a particular reason. How bad was Valentina at uh, <laughs> cage side? Oh man, she was. Uh, what round? I think it was like the second round where Roxanne started like she she was landing takedowns like earlier in the rounds. Oh boy, she was. I mean, I didn't understand a word she was saying, but she did not sound she did she did not sound happy. There was just a lot of I don't even know if she was saying words. Like I just heard a lot of really loud just noises and yells. Well, because the just... last time she last time Antonina fought, like she made me lower the volume because she was doing the. Uh... The hey gimmick over and over. So I. Well, she was. She wasn't. I, well, <laughs> there, wasn't, there, yeah, there, there wasn't a lot to. A you know what, Roxanne Montefiore, <laughs> you're my new favorite fighter. You stop that. She she wasn't a and she uh, was angry. She she was not happy. I cannot imagine Valentina but... Shevchenko angry is a good sound. <laughs> but congrats to Roxanne though. She got a, a split decision. I don't win, think I don't think then... I ever want a woman with a gun tattooed to the side of her body ever yelling at me, especially in a language <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but rounding out the main card, uh, Christoph Jocko versus Alan Ahmedovsky. 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 Oh, there we go. Something like that. We That's almost not. did the main card without mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, was this Alan's debut? Yeah, I it feel like it was Alan's debut. Yeah. So I think it was I mean, also a tough outing. For... Yeah, this was one of those fights where it's like your, your debut's against Jocko. I mean, Jocko's not like a world killer, but he has experience. He's, he's fought decent competition. Probably not the easiest fight to make for a debut. Um, they mentioned in the uh, commentary that because uh, Jocko, you know, his streak as of late has you know, MMA has not been treating him kind. Um, he, he he went to a sports psychologist. You know, got got the mental game all you know I guess I guess figured out. Yeah, you know, I guess it worked. Got him a win. Um, like like we said, a lot of these fights will be described as just a lot of wrestling. Uh, pretty much what this was, just Jocko was just able to take him down over and over. Just kind of just more experienced, more well-rounded. You know, a, a guy coming in and making his debut against uh, a, a pretty, like, solid middleweight, you know, probably just wasn't ready for, I mean, I don't know who... Uh, Allen's fought in his past, but I'd imagine this is probably a, a pretty big jump up in competition. Um, he probably just really wasn't ready for this level of competition. Just kind of got taken down. Um, he got oh the the second round though. Um, I, I thought they were gonna stop it. Jocko had him in a 
He blooded him up in a second. He took him down. He beat him up. He had him in a crucifix. He was landing elbows and punches, and poor Allen was just trying to squirm his way out of there, and he just kept getting hit over and over. Uh, he, he got punished uh, in the last probably like two rounds of the fight. He got beat up a little bit, but um, good good performance from Jocko. I think it was just a, a good win just to get yourself back in the win column, get your confidence up. Bloody, bloody the guy up, so he probably feels good about that. But good, good on Jocko. Got you know, the the mental game is a big part of fighting. Um, so I guess whatever that sports psychologist told him worked. <laughs> so, you know, I'm I'm a good good to see him get a win again. Not not a crazy fight. I don't know if it really means anything other than Jocko saves his job, which I, well, I guess for him that's that's great. We hope because his contract's up. He made that a point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have anything to Actually, the only thing I have to add to that is uh, in the first round, Christoph Jocko hit Alan Amadovsky with one of the hardest spinning back fists I've ever seen. And Amadovsky walked through it. So I was like, all right, he's probably not going to finish him. And then with Christoph Jocko, it's just a matter of, like, how long can this fight go before you make a mistake that gets you finished? And to his credit, he just grounded him out and... I thought the fight should have been stopped in the second round. I didn't think we need to see a third round, but uh, you know, full respect to Jotko. I wish him luck. If we had more time, I'd ask about like we we could like sports psychologists. Like I'd love to know what they really do. Like especially for mixed martial artists. Like I'd really love to know. Well, they, the 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 brief part that they mentioned is this really brief. It was like a little ten second back and forth. But they said that basically, um, what was it? Uh, Jocko was it the I Robbie Lawler comment? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he wants to fight like Robbie Lawler, and I guess the sports psychologist is like, well, that's not really you know, that's not like your thing. Not as in like he can't you know he not not a skill set thing, but like just mentality wise, like Robbie Lawler is a killer. Like he, that's a different kind of he's a different kind of human. They they don't make a lot of Robbie Lawlers in the world. There there aren't a lot of guys like him just walking around. <laughs> um, so that's just, that's not his thing. It's like fight. You know, I guess closer to whatever you think Christoph Jocko is, yeah. right? Who, whoever you are as a person, whatever your center is, that's I guess that's, that's what you should fight like. Don't go out there and try to be Robbie when you're not. That's not your temperament. That's not really who you are. Um, I mean, I guess it worked. I, I don't, you know, got to win. Oh, no, for so sure. For I can't sure. say it was. Yeah, I can't say it was bad advice. Because I know, uh, um, I know. Um, the hell's his name? Donald Cerrone, like, he went to a sports psychologist, and the sports psychologist's advice was, like, do your walkout before the event so that you don't have nerves, like, you've done it before. And So I'm always interested in, like, what sports psychologists do, specifically for, like, mixed martial artists, because it is a very interesting, uh, a very interesting story. So, be good. Donald, Cerrone definitely came out on his side. Like I said, this, uh, I don't know if it was more the, the psychologist or just Cerrone having the kid, but I call him Final Form Cerrone now. This is Final Form Dad <laughs> Cerrone. Because ever since he had that kid, this man has... <laughs> it's when you have a newborn kid, you haven't quite embraced the dad bod yet. You're just like, you could still pull it off. Kind of, He's having the last run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, and I, I love it. I no, like for it. sure. He, like, I, I'm making no jokes about sports psychology. I really would love to know like what they do for each, especially for mixed martial arts in general. I imagine it's something you can't really, and this this is me, armchair psychologist. I, I imagine you can't really make it so much of I'm like dissecting your skill set as more of just. 
I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like, maybe you don't get them to think about it in terms of, like, wins and losses. Like, you just try to... I don't know. I, I feel like fighters probably, you know, sometimes you just need somebody to kind of reel them back in. Oh, probably. And I, yeah, I, I would guess that would be a big focus of a psychologist. Like, you're, you know, you've gone too far outside of yourself. You, you might be just really overthinking this. Let's just really get back to the basics and just kind of reel you back in, have your zen moment, you know, just kind of. Oh, yeah, for sure, because think about it, like, if you're a sports psychologist and you have a baseball guy, you've probably, you've never played baseball professionally, but you've probably thrown a baseball before. Like, if you played football, you've probably never played football professionally, but you've caught a pass or you've thrown a football around before. It's like, has, like, could you imagine a sports psychologist having to give advice on how to stuff a takedown? Like, it's almost impossible. Right. <laughs> so I would definitely love to, like, just to hear, like, what kind of advice they give. Because it's working so far. Oh. Most of the people who seem to be doing this are successful. Yeah, that'll be my homework while I'm out. There you go. We'll look up some some sports psychologists, see what. Uh... And I call his homework when he listens to this. I want him to to do it because he missed class. You know, when you miss class, they give you the homework. So now he's got now he's got <laughs> leftover homework. We might need one of those for the barbecue league. Those, well, after you lose your family, you're A definitely sports need psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely gonna need one. Oh, man. <laughs> but... That was the uh that was the main card. Uh pretty pretty solid main card. Not like I said. A lot of this card was it, it didn't mean too much in terms of like rankings and huge fights and storylines, but they were decent fights that were just entertaining while they yeah. lasted. It was just, you know. They were... You know, even Roxanne Modafferi, Antonina Shevchenko had some stuff that you could kind of like parse through that was pretty cool. Yeah. Now we begin with the wrestling. All right, so I uh, warned you guys the 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 entire ESPN two uh, portion of this card. Did you know this was on ESPN two at first or no? Um, I had heard that wasn't this all supposed to be? Wasn't it like confusion? Like wasn't this not originally on ESPN two? I thought so. I thought it wasn't on ESPN two. I know next week was supposed to be on ESPN and they moved it, but this one I was like, they're showing this on ESPN two. Oh, okay, maybe I'll think about it because next week's card got moved right. to ESPN plus like. But then again, like, I, I don't know if you guys talked about this on the Prague card where they had ESPN 2 prelims, but, like, the lead-in was competitive rock climbing. Like, ESPN has nothing on at 1030. So, like, what else are you, <laughs> yeah. you going to show? But, like, hey, here's some live fights. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Quick story about ES, the ESPN 2 portion. I was at work uh, while this was on. I was on my lunch break. And it hit me like, oh, man, the fights are on. Let me try to, uh, like, catch this real quick for, like, the last, like, 10 minutes of my lunch break. And I go to the TV, and I don't know if, like, we didn't pay the bill or, like, we just didn't have a good signal. <laughs> I could not get any channel. So, no channel. Uh, oh, and real – you know what? I'll, I'll see. No, let's do it right now. Uh, now I have a part, no, I have, I have a parting shot now. I just need to not be old okay. and forget it. I'll, I'll remind you. I don't like ESPN+. Plus. Oh, you don't? I like it. Um, I, I do, but they, they, they got me angry yesterday. We might have the same I'll, complaint. I'll, I'll, let's see. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to that. But for the ESPN2 uh, portion of this card, um, to be honest, you probably won't spend a ton on a lot of these fights. I mean, for one, a lot of these ended early. There, there were a decent amount of finishes. And then the other ones were Rats. just kind of not, yeah, not, not a lot really worth of substance to really go on. But anywho, uh, at Featherweight, uh, we had... Oh, yeah, this is where the names get fun, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at Featherweight, 
Uh, Mavsar Evloev Perfect. against Song Wu Chui. Um, now I, I could be wrong. I, I think these guys are like both young prospects. Because I was looking at the names and wondering why they were like the future. I think Evloev is a big-time prospect, and I think Choi is a guy they brought in to fight a big-time prospect. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. That's just kind of how it uh... <laughs> Um. So I, I want to say, like, the story of this fight, Evloev, at least from what I saw, uh, talented, high-paced, can wrestle. Sungwoo Choi didn't look like he really wanted any parts on the ground. He was, you know... Trying to stand, trying to trying to stand the bang, but did not work out well for him. I feel like Evil Web just kind of overwhelmed him eventually with just with his grappling. Like Wu Choi got, he landed a couple of decent strikes early, but eventually he just got overwhelmed. Evil Web was just always in his face, take down, put him against the cage, all that good business. Um, the look, you know, does look pretty talented, but. Featherweight to me is kind of like a mini lightweight, as to where I, I can't really, I'm I'm not so quick to get super hype on prospects because like you you know, killers are everywhere in this division. I don't know how far you're really gonna go. Um, I mean wrestling is a great base to have that'll probably get you some places, but it's not gonna get any easier from right. here. I mean, but for a first fight, I mean he he neutralized Wu Choi for the most part, just kept a really high pace, just kind of grappled him and just beat him up. Basically, uh, pacing was was great from Evloev. Uh, I thought he was able to do some good stuff when he was striking. I wish I could have seen more of that. A lot of chain wrestling, a lot of takedowns, a lot of hold you against the fence, a lot of a lot of wrestling, as you would say. I do think Evloev, by the way, I I could be wrong here, uh, but I believe he's actually a bantamweight. So he was taking this fight, I guess, a weight class above or. Maybe he's like he's dabbled at bantamweight, but he decided to move up. Like I don't have the exact 100% answer there. So, uh, you know, either way, bantamweight or featherweight, you're not taking easy competition. So I'm curious to see more of him. I just was not the most impressive fight. Yeah, I, I think maybe had he got a finish, I'd be a little more like enthused. Yeah. But it was just kind of one of those like solid, solid debut. Very safe. And safe I'll watch it. Yeah. Right, yeah. I'll, I'll watch your next fight, but my expectations aren't aren't too crazy. But I mean, solid win nonetheless. So congrats to Ibloev. Uh He got unanimous decision uh, across the board. Moving on to the one fight on this card that I did not rewatch: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sultan uh, Leave versus Kita Nakamura. From the very small bit I remember of this fight, it was just uh, kind of a quote-unquote kickboxing match, a few good strikes. Now, I don't really remember this in a ton of detail. Um, it was cool, I guess. <laughs> I don't really know what else to, to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Lee, he, he won, I guess you would say, pretty handedly. Um, like, it, it wasn't a bad fight, but it just wasn't, it wasn't great. But congrats to Sultan, he won, and then he... Uh, he retired afterwards, so... Good for him. Um, yeah, good good for him. Yeah, I don't have anything to add here. This was just a very... Uh, I thought it started really fun. I thought the first round was really entertaining, and then it was just kind of like, ah, uh, we're two wrestlers trying to punch. And when that happens, it gets, uh, gets a little loopy. But, uh, yeah, you know. It was a filler prelim fight. 
enjoy your retirement, Sultan Aliyev, and that's about it. That's all I can There you go. So, congrats to him. Best of luck in uh, the, the, the post-fight life. Uh, moving on down to lightweight, Alexander Yakovlev. What? Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah, Yakovlev versus Alex De Silva. I feel like they spelled his name two different ways. All right, whatever. According to Wikipedia, it is Alex De Silva Coelho. I felt like on the broadcast it wasn't that. I don't know. I, I might be confusing him. Anywho, the, my, my first thought in this fight was Yakovlev's body looks weird. <laughs> what? <laughs> He, he's one of those guys that like he's like ninety percent torso. He, I don't know, he just looks, looks weird. like one of those uh, bodies. What are they? What are they called? Airheads? Like one of those all white airheads? Just very right. long. <laughs> yeah, he's, his body shape is just kind of it's kind of weird. Um, but anyway, um, this was another fight where there was a lot of a lot of wrestling and grappling and. I mean, I wasn't really familiar with either of them, so I don't know if, like, this is both of their games. Yakovlev, yes. Just gonna... Alex, Alex De Silva, they they were talking like he was a big kickboxing guy, and apparently he's got, like, a really puffy record. Uh, like, he, I think he's 23, and he had 20 fights, 20 wins. So he had, like, a really puffed-up kind of fighting randos record. And it showed here because for a kickboxer, he sure seemed happy to do some grappling. Yeah, and... Maybe <laughs> I probably shouldn't even admit this. This is probably me stereotyping. Just the way he looked, he gave me the kickboxing vibe. <laughs> so like, <laughs> he gave me the oh yeah, I'm a, I'm like a, I, I I'm a ambassador dude. He just he gave me the kickboxing vibe. So I was surprised that like, he would strike just for a little bit, but like he was really content to just kind of all right. I guess we're grappling, so this is just the thing. Like we're just gonna. We're just going to grapple, we're going to have exchanges, we're going to sweep, we're going to, you know, we're going to do that whole thing. Um, and that's kind of like what happened. I, I was surprised that the fight didn't take place on the feet as much. I mean, because he had opportunities, I think, where he could have just gotten up and we just, you know, let's hash this out on the feet a little bit. But he was content to just continuously go to the ground. Um, he did, I think he tried like a head arm, triangle choke the first round. I think where this fight turned was in the second, where... uh. Alexander just he gave him that nice yep. slam, <laughs> and I, after that for Alex it uh, uh for De Silva it went all downhill. Like he got slammed, uh, Yakovlev got better of that positioning, and then <laughs> so he slams him like they scramble for a little bit. Alex goes to push uh, Yakovlev back against the cage. He kind of just leaves his head. Just kind of, I was worried that he stayed down there for way too long. Like his head was just kind of in between <laughs> Yakovlev's legs. And I was like, all right, dude, like, you you should probably move or just, And then he know. was tapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he stayed, he just hung out there too long, got his neck yanked up, and, yeah, he ended up getting guillotined because he just. It was a yeah. lunch money choke. It's like you see, like, on the schoolyard. Like, you put, you put him right. in, a, in, a, in a, you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember when Matt Hughes submitted, uh, I think it was RDA oh. or. No, no, um, Ada. Yeah, Ada? he just had him in like yeah. a front headlock, and Matt Hughes yeah, swears like, he... "No, that's just a wrestling move, dude. Like, uh, that's not a submission." No, he big brother. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big brother, little brother choke out. <laughs> I wonder how consistent this is with like, uh, use again this fight where it's like if the kickboxer gets a little bit of success on the ground, he becomes overconfident. 
Like he forgets that there's danger there. Yeah, I, I think he thought because he had went for like that had arbitrary angle choke. He's like, well, next time if I can just get him, right. like, I'll I'll get this next time. And again, but, UFC debut octagon jitters, et cetera, et cetera. Like th- those do exist. Fighters who are in their second fight in 2019 are 26 and six. So there there absolutely is some like comfort with your next UFC fight. So maybe we'll see a better version of De Silva in his uh his second fight. I want to see Alexander Yakovlev against Tyron Woodley in a freestyle contest because they're both rappers, and I think that uh, we could we, we need to set that up. I didn't know that. Yakovlev's a rapper, dude. I am afraid to type in the Yakovlev mixtape <laughs> to see what I'm gonna so, get. So, so are you saying on principle alone it can't be better than uh, what is it? I'll whoop your ass. No, it definitely could. I, I actually tried to listen to that album. I got probably about. <laughs> Three to four songs in, and I was like, you know what, Woodley, I'm. I'm so where does where where does Woodley's <laughs> album rank in the pantheon of Woodley? Uh, I'm gonna give you. We're gonna have to rank these. Woodley, Shaq, um, John Cena, Randy Savage, and that one Andre Feely rap album. Ooh, ooh. See, I didn't hear Feely, so I can't. I can't judge. Okay, him. So we got four then. All right, well, well, first of all, Shaq is at the top of that hierarchy. I would agree. I'm not going to lie. Oh, no, wait. I don't know. Actually. I don't know if I would put Shaq above Savage, but go on. Go on. Hey, Shaq, Shaq, Shaq had can't stop the rain. That was, that was awesome. All right, I'll give you Shaq. Shaq can be number one. <laughs> yeah, Woodley. Thing is, like, I made it through Macho Man's album. I didn't even make it through it. Like, I couldn't make it. Like, I just, I, I just got disappointed. I just gave up. So I think off of principle, he has to be somewhere near the bottom. He Worse yeah. than Cena? Sorry. Woodley versus Cena mm. rap albums? <laughs> They're like the 1A, 1B. Nice. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else did a rap album. But you know what, though? At that point, Cena would probably get the edge. Because at that point, I have to nitpick and see like what little things makes which album better. Cena did at least work with like legit producers and had legit like features of people who do actually rap. Uh, Woodley didn't even. I don't think he had that. I think it was just like Woodley and friends. <laughs> what did G and a key? Which which Gracie was that? Do you remember? That was an album. No, it was a song. But we could we could put it in there just for the like who who did that? I can't remember. Uh, G and a key. This is anti cool's territory. I think he knows that one. God. Quick, quick shout-outs to uh, the Technical Foul Podcast, the site that I post my uh, my UFC write-ups on. Um, they manage to do segments every week of athletes who, like, do music. Mm. And I just didn't realize that there were so many... Like, some of them I knew, but, like, some of them I had... Like, I had no idea Oscar De La Hoya did an album. Did not did know he? that was a thing. Yes, is, it like a, is it like a <laughs> Spanish ballad opera? Uh... It was... I want to say it was, it wasn't bad. It, I can't remember. I got, I got, I got to find the episode. Right. That now I want, now I want to see. But they, one. yeah, they, 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 yeah, they're, they, they find these very just obscure. I mean, some of them aren't as obscure. Some of them I do know, but like the Oscar De La Hoya, I was like, I had no idea he did any music. And that was a, uh, <laughs> Relic Gracie. Ah, oh, there we go. <laughs> That's the. I didn't know this was a thing. Hold on, are they doing jujitsu in the music video? <laughs> What is going We've on? We've lost it. We've lost it forever. Oh boy. See, my okay, favorite, yeah, let's, if, let's if like it. just to get this out here, my favorite 
aptly doing album is uh, Terry Funk because of the story behind it. So, like, Terry Funk, who's, like, the wrestling heads are going to know who Terry Funk is, but he did a, he did an album that was basically just a Japanese producer stole a bunch of songs from Jimmy Hart or had Jimmy Hart produce them from, like, Memphis. So they're 15 years older, like, they're, like, completely out of date. And they had him redo it as, like, a love ballad CD in Japan. And apparently they sold some, like, they sold some pretty high numbers. So Terry Funk's album is the best album. And then Shaq. Everything Shaq did was pretty good. Uh, well, I, everything Shaq did was pretty good except for uh, Shaq Fu and uh, I like Kazam. I like Kazam. I'm the only one who li- I, like I know Shaq who likes Kazam. Kazam. I like Shaq You Fu. liked Shaq Fu. I <laughs> yes, don't believe I you. I, that's a lot. <laughs> bull, some bullshit right there. Memphisto was my favorite character. So you know the characters. So you're absolutely <laughs> yeah. not lying. Yeah. Well, did you see Shaq and Steel? Steel, he did the comic book character. You know what? It was his game, and I didn't. He was like the least person I played. No, with. no, no, Steel. He did a movie of like the the comic book character. Oh no! I, I don't this know was like watching. this was pre. This is like pre Black Panther. This is pre Blade. You know, because Blade was the first black comic book character I ever knew of. So I always kind of really liked Blade. And they were like, yeah, there's another one called Steel and Shaq's in it. And I'm just like, I am not wasting my fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Shaq will never get his, his <laughs> he'll never get As his the trendsetter. I remember liking Kazam too, though. Like, I don't remember that movie, but I, I feel like I, I remember liking Kazam that was too. cute. It's a cute, like, you know, rapping genie. He made he made burgers right. rain from the sky like that was. You know. <laughs> yeah. right. We're never gonna recover. Like like, we, we peaked yeah. with Shaq yeah. Fu. And... <laughs> You're on record as liking Shaq Fu. That's ballsy. Gutsy. Oh, I have no shame. Gutsy. in that. I have no shame in that. Gutsy, gutsy. I, I will I will die on that hill by myself. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was yeah but, uh, I was gonna I was gonna say Spawn too, but that uh, Shaq wasn't in Spawn. I'm glad. Could you imagine Shaq as Spawn? I'd be with that. He can't ride the motorcycle. He's too big. It would look way too awkward. <laughs> so I'm just imagining awkward. Spawn like the badass who just, all he does is rap his lines now because that's all Shaq can do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All this to get, oh, but... man, my Shamil Abdurakimov is up next. This is my favorite fighter. Yeah. So moving on, uh, Shamil uh, Abdurrahimov against Marcin Tabora. Um, another, 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 another uh, journey into the heavyweight division where hands were thrown. All I remember thinking about watching this fight was I didn't want this to end because for some reason uh, Tabora's jab looks weird in this box. <laughs> like, <laughs> because he, it's like when he jabs, like, his entire body has to move with him. I don't know. It's no, you're right. Like, he's it's got just... like a step. Like, he, like, has to, he has yeah, to step it's... into everything he does. Yeah, it's it's really strange. I was like, all right, I, I need this to be over. This jab is really it's really bothering me. Um, God, I can't remember how the finish was. And I remember like It was a counter right hook, wobbled him, dropped him into the fence, and then there was ground and pound to finish the deal, I think. I think that's how it went. Oh no no! It was he against was knocked out standing. He yeah yeah. He was still on his feet right. and just getting pummeled and the ref saved him. Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't remember really a ton happening in this fight. I feel like it was just a, it was a heavyweight quote unquote kickboxing match. I will not have you disparage um, Shamil Abdurakimov. <laughs> like I don't know why he's just a fighter I, like who tickles me. Like he's just 
he looks like <laughs> he looks like a how do I put this? How do I put this politely? He looks like a dude who absolutely works construction, like just a yeah. big, burly, hairy like. He's construction slash warehouse. He manager. is absolutely the dude at the bar, like <laughs> one drink in, ready to go, no matter what the situation is. Like he's just a big, but he moved really well in this fight. I thought. I thought he looked great with his footwork. Um, he had a great game plan to be aggressive against Taburo, who was really passive for some reason. And just kind of like shell shocked, like he never looked into the fight at all. Um, I thought uh, I already forgot his name, Shamil Abdurakhimov. I thought Abdurakhimov looked really sharp, like specifically countering that weird kind of lazy jab that Tabura was throwing. Uh, I just thought he kept him off balance the whole fight, and then caught him with a great counter hook, sealed the deal. Uh, Shamil Abdurakhimov is a top ten heavyweight. Make make of that what you will. But it's a fact now, so you got to embrace it. He's fighting over him. That's we we called it. That's the, if Shamil Abdurakhimov beat over him, I would probably have a like a <laughs> out of body experience. <laughs> I would probably levitate to the heavens. Oh man! But no, I was it was a good win. Like I said, I, I wanted this fight to be over, and Shamil gave me that. Um, so I, I appreciate him for for putting it into that jab. Because it was just really bothering me. Everything, everything um, Tabura did in that fight was kind of like because he's a pretty snazzy kicker, and like I don't ever remember. I don't remember a kick of substance. I remember one kick that he threw that kind of brushed. He did. He let, he did two of them. He did that kick. Twice. Okay, I remember like one in particular I, yeah. right before the finish that kind of got him during came off attention. But uh, so yeah. After that, yeah, he did, he didn't do too much else. We got two fights but, left, and they lasted like a minute each. Yeah, uh, but congrats to Shamil, TKO in the second round. Moving on to 205, Michelle Olick. Mr. Michelle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to get this. Olexi Juke. I, you know what? Yeah, Mr. Michelle. Olexiusik. Olexiusik. Something like that. Something like that. Versus Gadzmurad Antigulov. Um. Uh, Mr. Michelle knocked him out. Yep, like four times. You know what's funny? <laughs> yes, this fight, <laughs> this fight was hilarious because it starts off, Anti Gulov just starts throwing these right hands. He just spams the right hand like four times. I mean, he, he did land it uh, like the first two, and he just keeps spamming the right hand. They circle back around. Anti Gulov just, I don't know. Like some people, when they get hit, they back up. Some people become passive, not anti-Gulov. He gets countered with a right, gets dropped, and his immediate response is, oh, I got to get one back. <laughs> he proceeds to chase <laughs> Mr. Michel all around the cage in search of getting his hit back. Um, it's like when you're a little kid and somebody hits you and you like you just have to return the favor. Like That's just what he did. And he, he just kept chasing him to try to get his hit back, and it resulted in him getting knocked down three times. He got countered with a right. Then he got uppercutted. After he got uppercutted, I thought he would have learned, but nope, he kept chasing. Got caught with, like, the same uppercut just on the other side of the cage, and then got, you know, ground and pound with his hope. The first knockdown is probably the greatest knockdown I've ever seen. It looked like he got hit with, like, a banana from Mario Kart because his legs <laughs> just flew out from under him. <laughs> and, like... 
when he's chasing him, his head never moves off center. Like, oh, he, he just, is just like, a He went into, like, Diego waiting. Sanchez mode where he's, like, <laughs> he went into, like, the T-1000, but instead of, like, high-level Skynet, it's, like, Windows 95. So it's just this really clunky robot coming forward, just consistently getting hit with the same punch over and over. It was a mess. And Mr. Michel, by yeah. the way, you know, we might need to start taking him a little seriously at 205. This is... He KO'd John Volante. Now he's got Gazmarad Antikulov. And if you want to be realistic, he beat Khalil Roundtree. So that's like three wins in a row, technically, kind of, sort of. Yeah, and that light heavyweight, that basically means... Oh, yeah, he's about to get Shogun next. Yeah, so... He's going to get Shogun or he's going to get Glover. Well, those are the two guys you get to like, oh, can you win or no? Well, I don't know. Glover's got Kudalov. He's got the Hulk. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Glover needs to come out to be a man Hulk to prove the, to, oh, to establish himself. But congrats to Mr. Michel. Just listen, man. When somebody gives you their chin, just take it. Like, yeah, especially when they give it to you over and over again. It's like I, then you're right. just being rude. Yeah, because one of these is going to knock him out. <laughs> just... <laughs> he keeps falling, so one of, one of these times he's just not going to get back up. So you just keep throwing until he does it. I just have no idea seconds. what the game plan was. I don't think there I think after that first knockdown, the game plan went out. The what window. was the game plan before the first knockdown? Just run at him as fast as you can. The, the game plan was I need to knock him down first. <laughs> and that didn't work, but he kept trying. And 44 seconds later, he's he's reevaluating his life. Um, but yeah, Michelle got that. Uh, we need we need new knock- guys three. knocking people out of 205. So I'm with it. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. And it was just it was just funny to watch. I would encourage you guys go back and watch that fight. It's just it's 44 seconds of your time, and it's it's just funny. It's just I believe funny. the term you but, used in the past was a police chase, and this did in fact turn it. <laughs> And the police lost. <laughs> like, the criminal got away. <laughs> I'm yeah, they're taking your badge when you go back to the... uh struggling right now because I've never seen such a blatant like disregard for game plan, for MMA in general. It's like even in regional um, fights, both guys come out and there was like a slow feeling out process. He was like, no, 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 we're not wasting anything. Right. <laughs> he thought he was in bare knuckle fighting. You know what? I think he saw the first fight because that's a hard fight that's to follow good. up. He got a little that, too excited. Yeah, and yeah, he was trying to. He was trying to. You know, he wanted to top that. Just when you get knocked down, end. it's like, all right, let's reset. Like, let's reassess our our situation here. Right. It's like he got hit and went in the hyperdrive. <laughs> like, it's not. It's not supposed to. I mean, <laughs> that's the. We're laughing about it. Just the opposite KO'd, of what you're supposed like, to do. Uh, also, Michelle, you're that's a dick move knocking the guy down with the same punch over and over. That's, right. <laughs> we got one dick move on this card. Right. I mean, they both were spamming. He just spammed the. So right okay, move. wait, 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 wait. Let, let, just to go back real quick, because we're pretty much done here. So let's say that that's a dick move by Mister Michelle. What do we consider Overeem's? I'm not going to hit you on the ground. Like, what is that? Because remember, in Mortal Kombat, there's like fatality and then there's friendship, right? So what is over? What did Overeem do? I mean, in terms of fighting, that might be as closest to a right. friendship. Until he elbowed the fuck because out of him. Like, to... <laughs> right. <laughs> I think he did that because, like, all right, the rough isn't going to help me. So I, I got to do something to you. Yeah, because he really looked like, I don't want to hit He's probably a nice guy, you know. He's <laughs> nine years old. <laughs> right. I don't want to be responsible for his potential death. I just. 
I, oh, it's a, that was a gentleman move. A gentleman move, Pratt. We'll call it, it was, a gentleman. It was. Good, good job, Wolverine. That was, and that then was you elbowed move. him. So then you did a dick move because he got his guard down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on to the last fight of the card, which actually was probably one of the best finishes. Uh, Magomed Moose Mustafaev, something like that, versus Rafael Fiziev. Um, poor Rafael didn't really get a chance to showcase anything because um, he got kicked a couple of times. It, it was just like he was trying to just like find his way in, and he got kicked until he got kicked by a kick that you don't want to get kicked by. Um, Eloquently put. <laughs> like the first few kicks were and I, I just emphasize kicks because I don't remember uh Magomed really throwing a lot of hands like I just remember some leg kicks and then he just lands I think he threw the spin kick one time before I, I think I want to say he threw it once early and uh I think Fiziev like blocked it but it still kind of like pushed right. him back and then he landed it yeah he landed it again and, you know, normally third time's a charm, but it only took two. He threw a spinning back kick, caught Fiziev, dropped him, rushed him, ground and pound. It was a beautiful spinning back kick. It happened really fast. Um, damn, I just realized this is that lightweight. Jesus, so that's... Now, let me look at Magomed's record. Because they said he has been gone for, like... Yeah, he, he won his first two fights by finish, and then they gave him Kevin Lee. And... Oh, that's he had fair. some success against Kevin Lee, but Kevin Lee is, you know, a genuinely really great lightweight, or really just a really good, solid fighter in general. And he got he got sent to the back of the line, and then he just kind of disappeared for a while, and he reemerged. Yeah, that was in 2016. Yeah. And then he he, he reemerged as a uh, a badass uh, a badass lightweight in 2019, flattening dudes. As if there aren't enough of those. Yeah, for real. Like, uh, <laughs> and Mustafaev looks like a big guy, so I wonder if he could maybe skedaddle up 15 pounds. E- either way, if he, you know, ho- hopefully these kicks can get him places because that was beautiful. Um, that was a great way. Like, when I saw that highlight, even though I wasn't watching the card, like, in real time, when I saw that highlight, I was like, oh, maybe there's hope for this card. Maybe this won't be as, this won't be as bad as I think. Um, and there were, I mean, if you watch this card in order, there were a lot of finishes to start the card off, so it it, it had a nice flow to it. Like, you got a nice uh, mix of finishes, a couple of decisions. Well, it's not a bad card. Um, yeah, not a bad card. Like, it was one of those things, if you were watching it in real time, like, it was a card that happened. Hopefully, you were, you were entertained. Like I said, nothing too crazy, no major storylines, but it was just something to, to watch, something to pass the time. Um, if you missed the card... You know, go back and watch the main event just because this is an Overeem fight. It's funny. It's like a – this card is like a baseball game on a Wednesday in the afternoon. You got nothing to – it It gets you through the work day. So, right. so good good on them. Yeah. But, like I said, if you missed it, I mean, it's on ESPN Plus, so you can go back and watch the main card on ESPN Plus. Um, like I said, it, it, yeah, it was just a cool card. It, it was not as bad as I thought, so I won't really say anything too bad about it because I honestly was dreading – when I looked at this card initially, I was like, oh, boy, this is not this is not going to be a fun day. I'm going to regret uh, that I do a podcast. <laughs> it's going to be one of those cards I just don't really want to talk about. But it wasn't bad. It, was, it wasn't bad. 
inoffensive. Put it that way. It's an inoffensive card. You watch it. You move on with your day. Right. And then, so that was a uh, UFC St. Petersburg cool card. So go go back and watch a couple of the highlights. Um, next week we'll be back for Jacare versus Hermanson. This this gonna be a this card's gonna be interesting. We got. Jacare versus Hermanson. Obviously, uh, Hermanson filling in for Romero. <laughs> Romero and Jacare's filling in for Balo Costa. Yeah. It's a makeshift. <laughs> ma- you know what, though? All jokes aside, if you look beyond the main event and the co-main event, there's some really solid stuff here. Like, there's Lineker against Corey Sandhagen, which should be amazing. Uh, Cowboy Oliveira against Mike Perry. Ian Kutilaba against Glover Tex. Roosevelt Roberts is a really, really good prospect. He's on the card. There's some good fights in the women's divisions, like um, Verna Jandaroba makes her her debut. Um, You know, everything but the main and the co-main event is really, really good. And even Hermanson against against Jacare is kind of intriguing now, too. Because Hermanson... Props to Hermanson for, like, getting himself in this position to even, like, get this fight. Yeah, for sure. Literally, man, the best <laughs> ability is availability. Absolutely. If you can just keep winning and just keep your name in the mix. And, yeah, and don't be know. one of those guys who has the finish really early and then disappears for six months. Good for Hermanson right. for being like, yeah, I'll get right back in there. So, thumbs up to him. This is how opportunities are created. Indeed. It's how you, you can make a name. For and him. good on the UFC for, like, or, or ESPN, whoever made the decision who was just like, listen, this is not ESPN quality. Like, we'll, we'll take it. It's a good card, but it's much better on, on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. And, and for not having, like, an ego about it. But bad on the UFC for giving uh, Greg Hardy versus D- D- Dimitri Smoke. Smolyakov? Now, do remember, though, like, the last time I was on here, and I, like, hated myself for a little bit. I even, like, messaged you, like, how fucking bad is that? Like, I had to message you to get your opinion on it. <laughs> but, like, um, what was I going to say? Uh, if you're going to use him, you got to kind of use him in these capacities. Because let's be fair, if this card was on ESPN, people are not watching for Jockery. They're watching for the guy in the co-main event. So yeah. you're stuck with him. You signed him. Now you gotta decide you're gonna have to use him. Don't be surprised uh, if you don't get a barn burner. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, like you know, don't be surprised if everybody hates you for it. But if they're gonna hate watch, then they're technically still watching. Yeah, yeah he's kind of one of those things. Like I said, you just you get what you signed up. And you know what? Like, like I, I talked about this with the anti cool this week. Like. Greg Hardy's on this card, and, like, we've been very... Like, people have been very vocal about it, and I respect that, totally. You know, you can be vocal about it, but, like, Shakur Stevenson was on the boxing card on Saturday, and he was literally just coming... Like, he's literally... I don't know if he's being charged, if he was charged, or whatever the case may be, but, like, his involvement in a fight where a woman was beat up, and where he apparently started it by coming on to the women with some rather salty language, like... He fought on Saturday, and I don't even know if they mentioned it. Maybe they did, but, like, I never heard it in the lead-up. So, wherever you go, you're going to run into you're gonna run into a Greg Hardy. That's just the way the MMA is now. Or, or, or combat zone. 
I just want him in the prelims. I don't look. No, <laughs> That's all I want. Listen, listen, I have there. no interest in seeing Dimitri Smolyakov in a co-main event against anybody, but especially not this fight. But yeah. I mean, like he's well, the draw, dude. Yeah, yeah it's money. Talks, money man. talks. Whatever, whatever gets people talking. That's because, like, yeah, like you know, uh, you hate to say it this way, but like with Jacare and Romero gone, like he's the draw for this show. Unless you're like us and you love yeah. bantamweights and you want to see Lineker Sandhagen. Yeah, that's that's my main event. <laughs> for me, <laughs> but I, I do well. No, that's my co-main because I, I, I Jacare is like one of my favorite. I know fighters. we were gonna have, we were gonna set some stakes on that. Unfortunately, it just fell yeah. apart. But uh, for me, it's 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 Perry against Oliveira because that fight cannot be boring. There's just no way. Yeah, there will be sweepage. <laughs> <laughs> Some some somebody's done. Somebody won't. You make hate it. to say it that way, but yeah, somebody somebody's not somebody's not going home the same. Yeah, brain cells will be. I mean, to be honest, Lineker Sanhagen's probably. Oh yeah, for sure. Same. Yeah, some brain cells will be lost. But to be fair, like, um, I, I, and I mean this politely, I'm I'm still not sure that Lineker's a human being. He could he could legitimately not. just be like a, a poorly done robot. He's different. We're gonna we're gonna find out how different. I'm really excited for that. He he got he got out from the lab. <laughs> he's 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 been doing all right for himself. Yeah, he, for real. He escaped. He's, yeah, yeah. He escaped. He made a made made an honest living, and he just he just he knocks, knocks people, people out. out, and then goes about his goes a little a little Wolverine. Yeah. And not only that, but hey, Mister Nice Guy, the nicest man alive, Glover Teixeira's fight. All right. Glover, just don't. Get it. <laughs> No, I don't, I don't even want to. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Just don't get hurt too bad, man. Glover Teixeira is gonna win, and then he's gonna invite everybody out for ice cream. There that's we go. The, that's there the go. happiness. Let's, let's let's have that moment. But that was uh pretty much it for uh fights. To be honest, I feel like we stretched this. We gave you guys a lot of content for a card that honestly didn't require. Oh, this is <laughs> this is definitely a Joey talks too much episode. This is when I just I gotta pad it, so it's like four hours. Yeah, we feel. We feel no, but we know what we gave, we gave you. you fight guys, analysis. Yeah. We gave you some laughs. We uh. I feel like if you didn't see this card, we probably made this sound really. Interesting. Yeah, you're like, oh man, I gotta go out and see this Valen- this Antonina Shevchenko Roxanne Modafferi fight. Yeah, but don't don't message me after you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> If I didn't meet if I didn't meet your expectations, it's not on me. You know, we got we got to talk, people. We have, we have to do this. We have to make this sound so, great. And then we're yeah, good. Were, no, this was a that, dude. We, this we, is we. like if you're stuck at work and your boss is like away and you can sneak out and watch a few hours of fights. Like this will hook you up. Exactly what I did, except I didn't. Well, I mean, you stay at your office and just crouch. <laughs> yeah, I just had my phone in the corner of the desk. <laughs> <laughs> it was just on. <laughs> Nobody else is doing anything. I'm here on a Saturday. What's the problem? Yeah, you know, it was one one of those. You had a but, parting uh, shot. Yeah, that was. To get to, by the way, because we're close to the end, right? Is there another card that I yeah, missed? Yeah. Um. No, I mean that was pretty much it. Like I said, next week we'll have you know we'll be back for Jacare Hermanson and then um, what else is next week? Next week is actually pretty busy. We got Jacare Hermanson and then Bellator has a card. Uh, is that Fitch and? Yeah. I don't know. I... Um. So we have Jacare Hermanson next week and then Bellator two twenty next week. So that'll be. Um, Roy McDonald and John, John Fitch. Fitch. So next week is actually kind of kind of busy because that card actually has some good fights. On it, yeah, too. like it's it's. A, I I don't know how much I'm gonna be watching of it. Next weekend is the NFL draft. That's like my 
that's like my three day off on the sound off. So perhaps Alex will cover these fights. Uh, I doubt it. I really doubt it. I really, really, really doubt it. But perhaps, <laughs> perhaps he'll jump in and handle these, and uh, I'll reemerge. Uh... Did you, they were they showed the UFC schedule? Apparently, there's an event on like May fourth, and I have no idea who's on it. You can't like I couldn't even tell you. So we'll find out the day before. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find out when I get the message that I need to be on it that I'm being drafted. All right, it'll it'll be some random. I'm gonna look it up right and, now and see if I can figure it. Oh no, that's the uh, the Iquinta Cowboy. Is it? You know why yeah. I blocked that card out of my mind because Derek Brunson versus uh, Elias Theodoro is like genuinely one of the cold. worst fights I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah, that's cold, man. And to be honest, yeah, there aren't a lot of this card is. This is another one of those cards that you look at on paper, and it's like, ooh, I don't, I don't know. You know what's this. weird? Like, if you do Iaquinta Cerrone and Swanson Burgos as, like, the main co-main, it's like, oh, man, that's a hell of a card. But it's like, the right. second fight that hits you in the face is Theodoro against Brunson, and you're like, oh, man. Because it's so weird how, like, the co-main event could get you kind of excited for something, and then... Yeah, dude, like, the rest of this card is not too hot. There's a lot of heavyweights, though. A lot of big boys. Big boys doing big things, but, uh... That can that can either be great or it can be, <laughs> <laughs> it can be not so. Shout shout outs to Macy uh, uh Jason last name up. Yeah. She is on. Oh yeah, she's fighting yeah, Sarah she's Morris. A, That's an interesting. Yeah, fight. she's she's on here, and it 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 sucks that she had to drop to thirty five because forty five just doesn't really exist. But uh, she she's somebody who I root for who I hope does well. Um, just just a new fresh face, in a division that is in much need of new fresh dire faces. need of help. Yeah. Yeah. Also, your so, your boy Walt Harris is on the card. You were just talking about him. Yeah, he he's fighting Sergey Sergey Spivak, whoever that is. Spivak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this card is gonna be kind of be kind of weird. But that's that's uh, all of the fights and stuff for this week. So we will close out the episode as always with uh, parting shots and shout outs. Um, so quick shout outs. To friend of the show, the only fighter we've ever interviewed, Jose Shorty Torres. Uh, he is over in Brave CF, where he fought this weekend at Brave CF 23, and he won via unanimous decision over Amir Albazi. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the fight. Hopefully, it's online somewhere. I don't know if Brave is under Fight Pass. No, I don't sure. think so. Uh, well, hopefully, I'll, well, I ain't gonna lie. I'll probably have to bootleg this somehow. But <laughs> I'll find a way to find a replay of that fight. Hey, we bring you nothing but honesty. <laughs> but shout out to Jose Shorty Torres. Glad glad he uh got a win in his uh mm. you know, post UFC career. Shout out to just the NBA playoffs in general. There are some matchups in the playoffs that I'm not really interested in. But outside of those, um, you know, my Spurs are giving me scares. I'm hoping we can beat the Nuggets. But Jesus Christ, young guys with their running gun offense. Us with our whatever we're doing. I don't. I don't. <laughs> it didn't look too good yesterday. Smart <laughs> <laughs> DeRozan losing his cool, having a temper tantrum. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot, lot going on. But no, NBA playoffs, man. It's a, just a great time for sports. Playoffs are just they're really fun. You just you get a lot of good matchups. Like I've been really interested in just watching Dame Lillard and Russell and Westbrook. Russell yeah, Westbrook. that's a hell of a series. Hell of a hell of a beef we yeah. got going on there. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Like that's that's what makes the playoffs exciting. It's just you get these little rivalries and it 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 makes for really great moments. Yeah. So yeah. Shout, shout out to just the the NBA playoffs. Shout out to Tiger Woods for winning. I mean, his, I uh, guess. 
you know. Hey, I mean, he I, came I, back from crashing his car and cheating. And <laughs> yeah, like you know, like like I always like so much of the Tiger Woods like narrative because because Alex is a big golf guy and he loves Tiger Woods like and he was so big on the Masters that I'm just like so much of the narrative we kind of just refer to all of the problems that all of these self-inflicted wounds that he has as like yeah. <laughs> after so after coming through so much like 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 uh, tribulations it's like those are all self-inflicted wounds like. Yeah, it was yeah, it was all his fault. And had like like a DUI and well, outside of because he did also. Oh no, no, like I understand, but like people people get hurt, and I like if if the Tiger Woods story was just like man, he came back from like injuries, like I'd be like ah, you know, it's but this dude self destruct, and it's we just casually (laughs) refer to it as like (laughs) the troubles that he had. It's like yeah, it's tribulations, but it's 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 different. So good, good, good. And you know what? Like the Tiger Woods thing. At the end of the day, I was just kind of like. If it makes people happy, like who am I to be a, a dick about it? So just be happy, folks. We all like a redemption story. Some of us do. I'm like I, I root for like the Patriots in the Super Bowl because I just oh, frustrating yeah. people. I'm frustrating. Um, yeah. you know what? This is actually a, probably the best time to be a sports fan. There's like combat sports every week. The NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs are really good. There's a lot of upsets happening. The NFL draft is coming up. There's Major League Baseball ongoing. Like, there's always there's a little bit of something for everyone in this time of year. So I, I like this time of year. Good, good time. So you got not not a good. You got we got shots and yeah, I got a parting shot. Um, so when I was at work, um, obviously I realized like, oh, this card is on ESPN Plus. Um, let me stop being a dinosaur. Let me download the app finally on my phone so I can like watch this while right. I'm at work or at least right. attempt to. And boy, oh boy, does ESPN Plus not really make this easy. Um, I don't know if anybody else has this problem, but, like, for some reason, <laughs> for, like, the first 20 minutes, every time I went on the ESPN Plus and tried to, like, start the stream, I kept getting an error. It, it seems like every time you're logged in on more than one device, they, like, like it just freaks out. Because most of the time I'm logged in from my laptop, and then when I try to log in from my phone... I just had so many issues trying to get the stream to come up. And, like, I kept trying to do it from the home page, and it wouldn't work. So I had to do just, like, some really roundabout, like, <laughs> all right, I can't click the link from the home page. Let me find a link from some other. Like, I kept having to do all these little weird maneuvers just so I could, just to do all this just to watch the, the card. And to be honest, I did, at one point I was just going to stop and give up. But at that point, the main card started, and I wanted to see a few of those fights, so I, I cut going. Right. But, yeah, just ESPN Plus, man, like, it's a good platform. You know, the stream is clean when it does run, but it's just not... On mobile, it is absolutely you, a pain in the ass. For me, it was. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not very user-friendly. Yeah, I've had that problem before. Like, it's, I tried to watch the Michael Conlon fight on the road one time, and it was, like, it buffered repeatedly, and then it would just, like, log me out randomly, and a work in progress, shall we say. Yeah, and then I got mad because I would click on the link, and they would say, start your free trial. Like, no, I'm, I'm, no I already pay for this. <laughs> well, that's like, uh, that's like, I don't know how you were with the UFC pay-per-view, but I had people in my inbox repeatedly like, how the fuck do I order this pay-per-view? Just losing their minds because they couldn't figure out how to get it to work. <laughs> and apparently nobody, like, nobody from ESPN thought like, oh, hey, like, we have the app on all these streaming devices. Perhaps we should make sure that you can order the pay-per-view on Xbox and PS4. Like, nobody thought about that. So there are folks trying to figure it out, and it's like, no, you can only order it on your laptop, and that's absurd. Yeah. So parting shot to ESPN. In the words, in the words of LeBron James, do better. Indeed. 
Yeah, do better. You guys make make make, make way too much money for this to be. You're looking like Fight Pass. Yeah, right? how dare you? How dare you, people? I don't, I don't want you to look like Fight Pass. Be 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 better. You're ESPN. You have you have a you have a name to uphold. So uh, yeah, do mm-hmm. better. But that's all I got for parting shot. Uh, I do have a I got a put over, two of them actually, or three of them perhaps. Uh, big 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 kudos to Max Holloway and Eric Anders and Dustin Poirier. For uh, all putting their uh, their gear from UFC 236 for Dustin Poirier's charity. Uh, apparently, Max Holloway just did it randomly. Or not, like He did it un- unasked. He just walked over and handed the gloves over to uh, either Poirier or his agent or whatever. Uh, which which is really cool. Uh, good for them. Good, good on Dustin Poirier for continuing to do a nice thing. MMA fans, I don't understand why you don't like Dustin Poirier. But, like, stop. Start liking him. He's great. Uh, if you have not seen the fighter, the, the the agony and the whatever the UFC does, he goes out of his way to kind of talk to Max Holloway's son after Holloway's, you know, lost. And this kid's obviously disappointed and hurt and, you know, probably spooked for his dad. And, and Dustin went over there and talked to him and cheered him up. So there's like, a, you know, we get so much bad in MMA. We need to embrace good people like Dustin Poirier. That's all I'm saying. Uh, embrace good folks. I don't have anything negative to say for once. I, I know that I'm the negative guy, but I'm pretty upbeat. It's Easter Sunday. You know? Uh, what, 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 you, you got anything else you want to be mad about? Nah, I uh, think I'm uh, ESPN Plus grinding my gears, but that was... Uh, who can, who can I... Who <laughs> can I I'm trying to think of who else I could be like, this is what I could be upset about. I really don't have... And I like how this... You know, there, there probably oh, is something. Oh, there's like a I ton really in the world and... to be mad about, but like, let's let's not yeah. focus on that for once. Let's be positive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll leave uh, I'll leave you guys alone. Um, yeah. I'll there because if I sit here long enough, then I'll think about. I guess the only thing about, like uh, uh, parting shot to Sensei for thinking that Shazam was like, no, that Shaq was <laughs> good. Uh, uh. <laughs> you guys grew up with it like I did. Listen, we didn't know how trash games were back then. Oh, we dude, them. like, what game? I'm trying to think of what game it was that was, like, my favorite game. And then I picked it up and tried to play it, and I was so sad. I think it was the Rugrats <laughs> game on the PlayStation that had, like, mini golf in it. And I was just trying to play it, and I couldn't figure it out. Heartbroken. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Have a good so, attitude today. Be positive. Talk to people nice. Yeah. And the weather's getting nice. So yeah, for nice. sure. Go outside, man. Take a walk. You know, it's it's good time walk of year. It's like it's getting warmer, but it's not like yeah, super it's, hot it's, yet. It's spring weather. It's what spring's supposed to feel like. Yeah. So go outside, get some ice cream. Uh, yeah. Go, go chill out. Listen to man. the podcast. Give it a five star review. Don't be one of these chumps yeah. out here and not not handing out these five stars. Yeah. Like we said, share it to just unexpecting people. Like I said, you 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 know you're trying to talk to that girl. Just text her the podcast. Yeah. She might not ever take. No, no, she might just be like, "What the fuck is your problem, you weirdo? Don't ever send me this again." But you got, you got to try, right? Nobody wins by not trying. Right. It's about the effort. Eventually, somebody's gonna like it, and then you'll have a love. There you go. You, 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 and then then you'll have a. Anti cool will be at your wedding. We can guarantee that. Well, we'll let you get on the podcast. We'll let you guys talk Talk about about how you met. Anti cool will be. He'll he'll go to your wedding. He'll he'll. uh, What could he do at the wedding? Carry the ring. He'll be the ring bearer. 
I was gonna say, can we can we podcast the wedding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. If that's you know a thing. what? We're not a rinky dink organization unless there's some fucking weird between fights. Like, here's what we'll do: you can get married on the first barbecue fight league show. Ah, there and we go. And look, guess what? You catered. Like how Robin does, like yeah. Well, like because we've all like, watched, like if you've ever watched a regional MMA show, they'll do like a random like. What is that thing that like the housewives do? That's like, a, it's like a special kind of raffle. You know what I'm talking about? So like yeah, we'll just do yeah, like right. one of like it's like instead of a raffle, we have a marriage. Yeah, and put everybody in a nice mood and make them forget all the old men who got beat up. Before the <laughs> They're all there. <laughs> Everybody's spirits will be raised. It'll be it'll be Tim something. Tim will nice. throw so. the bouquet for you. Yeah, there we go. There oh, we go. I'm trying. To... <laughs> <laughs> we, we got this all planned. So yeah, just pass, pass, it, pass along. it along. And look, like the only way this thing is gonna grow for for because I'm a guest here. I'm just a humble, occasional part timer. But the only way Sensei and and, and Anaiko are gonna grow more is if you guys do your part. So just always remember that. Sure. Please. Well, we don't have to. We don't have yeah, to beg. Well, we do have to beg sometimes, but not this time. Yeah. Think about it. Uh, I was gonna say your Easter gift, but like it's gonna be Wednesday when this goes <laughs> up. So right. your your mid Wednesday good deed. You know, you want to make sure you get into heaven. You got to do a good deed. Like, hey, you shared the you shared the podcast. There you go. That's all we want you to. We swear, if you share it, right. Anna, cool, we'll go to your wedding. We'll go to your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party. And I'll we will we will absolutely you know. do a show from your. Yeah. You have to pay for the flight. There you go. Mm. Yeah, and we can't true. we can't or guarantee just... Stokes. He's a flight risk. He he might. I mean, if you want a cheap flight, you can do Spirit. We can't guarantee. You can spirit, <laughs> oh my but... God. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> the worst. The worst. <laughs> so, some risk you gotta I'm, take. <laughs> Jesus, what a way to end on a positive <laughs> note. And I'm gonna drop that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, this is uh pretty much it for today's show. So as always, you guys can catch us uh on various streaming platforms: SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Follow us on the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. And you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. Um, but that is all we got for you guys for today. So as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys. Bye. Later.